Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments. Where bold moves require confident blueprints. Where you can accelerate transformation through consistency. Where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com slash cloud. Welcome everybody to the Potaskew Podcast. I am CJ and with me is my hetero life mate, Rico. What's going on, Lunchbox? <laughs> Lunchbox, is that what I am now? Hello yeah. everyone, how are you? I was watching Dogman the other night and it just hit me, so. Yeah, but I'm not silent like Silent Bob. I yeah. just look like Silent Bob. Yeah, I don't know what the Lunchbox is exactly. I'm not sure where the Lunchbox thing came from or what it means, but it's Something Kev uses, uh, so... It, it means he's fat. Well, that's... Okay. I mean, that's not why I used it. I just thought in our dynamic it fit. <laughs> All right. Well, snooch the fucking nooch. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, on our News and Nuts episode that we put out, I should have called that Snoogans and then spelled it N-E-W instead of N-O-O. I think that would have been a better way to call the news ones. I might call one of the future ones that. Or just snooch the news. Yeah, something like that. So, what's going on, if man? We're gonna do an, if we're ever going to do an episode about Jason News, we'll just call it Jason News. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if... I guess we could probably do a whole episode on Muse if we really wanted to. I'm sure. Yeah. We could do so. a whole episode of more or less probably anything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, We hey, could do an episode on Lego. <laughs> you know what? We probably could, and I have a really cool thing to tell you, and... If you ever want to break into it, we could, but my... So, have I talked on here about being adopted? I know you know this, but have I talked about it on here? Um, You have not... I think you have alluded to it. I've alluded to it. Certain, uh, yeah, but I don't think you've point blank stated it. Okay, well, I'm not ashamed of it or hiding <laughs> it or anything. So, I'm adopted, and in the last couple of years, I've connected with my biological parents, and my, um, my biological father has a Lego, I don't want to call it a Lego company, but he makes things that are interactive with Lego blocks. But they're like okay. unique shapes or specific things. So like one of the things I know he has is like a set of trains, but they're not Lego, but they're, they're not Lego branded, but he has Legos okay. Like he's got the thumbs up from Lego. It's weird. I don't know all the dynamics of it, but it's something like that. All right. Yeah. It's so pretty... it's, it's it's like the off-brand like Lego, like no. instead of El Lego, it's L I G O. No, I I don't remember what he calls them, but but they are they're Lego endorsed. That's probably the best way to phrase it. You know. Okay. So all right. Um. Anyway, but that's just since you mentioned Legos. <laughs> um. <coughs> so we're doing in. 
kind of, I don't want to call it a news episode, but we're going to talk about some things going on in the world. And one of the things that we should start with is news in our world. We are part of a network now. We are part of the podcast at GoGo Network. That's right. So, yep, very exciting. Um, they approached us a while back and asked if it's something we want to be a part of and looked at their stuff. They got a lot of cool shows. I can't list them all off the top of my head. Actually, I could probably look them up right now. I should. Um, but they have things about wrestling and video games and movies and just flat-out comedy. I don't know what category they're putting us in yet. I haven't gotten that information, but they're putting us somewhere. So... <laughs> They're putting us in the same spot where your your dad's Lego company is. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Rico. Um. <laughs> Just kind of like you know, it's not Lego, but it's like Lego, and they're endorsed by Lego, but there's not really they're Lego. Lego. But like they're Lego. You know, we're gonna be that podcast. People are like, you know, they're they're like they're kind of funny, but they're not really funny. But they're endorsed by funny people. But you know, yeah. Are we really endorsed by funny people? I don't know. Stephanie's funny. That's true. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> anyway, no, but some of the stuff we do want to get in, we do want to get into is, um, well, Roseanne for one. So, oh, God, yeah, this was this was a motherfucker. I mean, we. I mean, I don't know about you, but I grew up. I mean, I didn't. I mean, I grew up watching the Roseanne show. And even though I was never a fan of Roseanne as a person or as a comedian, I was a fan of the show because yeah. it just was, it was just funny. It was. Um, it, it and it was sort is. of, a, it was the, it was sort of the random show where it was like, these people are poor and yeah. like, you don't see that. I mean, for me, it was all about John Goodman. Like I just, yes. I was a big John Goodman fan. Because I was like a little kid, I recognized his voice on like Disney movies and animated movies, and and he's just barrels of fun. And I mean, and I mean that physically as well as you know, emotionally as well yeah. as metaphorically. He was he's just always got. I mean, he was just another. He was like a good natured job evolution. Yeah, absolutely. And and I have long said that. Well. Long said, not the right word. See, okay, so when Deb came into my life, she started watching old shows again. Like, that's something she does. And I'm not finding fault or criticizing anything like that. It's just something she does. So, like, we watch a lot of old Roseanne reruns and Golden Girls and shows like that a lot sure. on, like, Saturdays. So I've spent the last couple years re-watching almost every Roseanne episode there was. And... I've come to the conclusion long before any of this stuff happened with her saying racist shit this time, because um, it's not the first time she said racist shit, but no. um, that or done something racist or done something racist, yeah. Um, that Roseanne really isn't what made that show funny. You know what I mean? Like you said, yeah. I think John Goodman was like the real star of that show, but the kids helped. Jackie helped. The grandmother helped. Like, Roseanne, to me, has always been the ancillary character in that cast. Yeah. I mean, she was, I mean, which brings us to the question is, like, right now, can they do a Roseanne show without Roseanne? Well, I've heard... And the answer... Go ahead. Sorry. 
The answer, the answer is yes. I yeah. mean, how they would make that happen where it's like, oh, she died or like similar to how she ended like that final season where like it was. Do you, do you remember like the final yes. season originally it was like all a dream or some shit? No, it was, she like, had... it was all of her writings of yes. what could have been. Well, and Deb and I actually get into the fight that. See, I'm with you. I think it was just the last season it was at. She swears that Roseanne, in her last monologue explaining all that, says that the entire series is <laughs> that. that. Yeah, which is just, you I'll know, just, I'm okay with that type of, like, twist if it's done correctly as well as intelligently. But it just seemed like everything that she had it to me it was just sort of like a, a snap against her fans like yeah everything that you guys have like followed for the past eight years or whatever the fuck it was it's all bullshit you know yeah. it's all bullshit you know it, it'd be like i mean i for me personally the only time i reacted so like are you out of your fucking mind kind of reaction was like the finale of dexter i never watched it so i can't can I can I ruin that for you? Oh, Are you absolutely. ever planning on watching Dexter? No, I've no desire. I've no plan or desire. And even if I do, so what? Go ahead. <laughs> so, do you know the basic premise of Dexter? Yeah, I think I do. Let me tell you, and you correct any gaps I have. So, it's Go a ahead. guy. Go ahead. If I'm correct, he's he is he a cop that kills people he, because he's because they can't catch these people or prove that they're serial killers. Basically, sort of. He is a he's a la, he's a forensic. He's in the forensics of the okay. Miami Metro PD. So he's Barry Allen in that regard. He, he, yeah, he's Barry. So what he is is he is a serial killer that has been trained from his foster father from an early age to. Because he had the urge to kill because of a trauma that he finds out later in his life. But he always had this urge to kill. And his father, who was a uh, was a cop and as well as like a detective, I think, like saw the impulses and sort of like had his code and said, look, if you're going to kill people, you should only kill people that fit this code, which is other other killers that, you know, deserve to be killed. And then you can channel your your addiction or urges onto people who actually deserve it, not innocent people or animals or, or children or whatever. So uh, he joined, he's, you know, when we see him, he, he, you know, he's got like two personalities. He's got like the dark passenger is what he calls it, which is his darkness taking over sort of like taking over the wheel. Like, like instead of Jesus take the wheel, it's like here, dark passenger, take the wheel. Let's go kill someone. (laughs) But he plans it. He plans it um, meticulously, and he like because he is he's got all these files and backgrounds and credentials working for the police department. He can find out really easily if someone is actually guilty. Right. Plus, he is a serial killer, so he can spot his own kind very easily. It's so, like, um, oh, what is Brody? I think Brody says no. Yeah, yeah, Brody says I'm all rats. You know. You're the type that would pay for sex. We can smell our own. Yes. Yeah. So. Sorry. So throughout the whole show, there's always, you know, in each season, there's always the big bad. There's always like the one serial killer that's like fucking up Miami. 
and he wants to kill them for his own personal reasons. And then the cops are trying to get him for, you know, their jobs and everything. And like, there's a lot of, you know, people die. And, and I mean, every person, like, it, it's sort of like all bets are off. It's, it's, a, it's all bets are off type of show where like, oh shit, they killed so-and-so. Like, that's a big character. Wow. What the fuck? Yeah. So, and, and he, whenever like the cops are like getting close to the killer and he's like getting like, no, I have to be the one to kill them. He like manipulates the system and has the cops go somewhere else or he'll pin it on someone else. Ah. Or he, so he's always like doing it for his own justification and his personal life gets, you know, fucked up, you know, because they're all based on books. And I've read, uh, some of the books, the books are similar, but very different. Um, the show is more straightforward and the character itself is more personal. Whereas in the book, he describes himself frequently as like an alien, as a, as a monster and doesn't even feel human. He doesn't look at himself as human. Hmm. Um, so he, as a character is always like, I have to blend in. So he's always blending in by being the, the donut guy. Like he comes into work with a bat with a box of donuts. So he's like likable and noticeable, but easily forgettable. Right, right. Uh, there's a. Um... Oh, that's from Oceans. The Oceans Eleven. Do you remember that when he when when he's promotions yeah. Eleven when he's teaching Linus how to con. Um... Exactly. Yeah, he's like he's, you got you got you got to be memorable, but he's got to forget you the minute you walk out the room. That kind of it, thing. Ex- exactly. So it, it's very similar to that, and 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 also at the same time, like if he gets outed as a serial killer, they're going to be like, "What, Dex?" Mm-hmm. Right. No fucking way. But then there's occasionally some other characters that like see him like running around like two in the morning, like, what the fuck is Dexter doing up? And they confront him, like, Well, I saw you out like two in the morning. Oh, uh, I, I and then he like kind of has there's a lot of internal monologue of like, fuck, now this person's tracking me. What the fuck do I do? So it's an amazing se- uh, series. Uh some seasons are better than others. The you know, the fourth season alone, like, is like honestly, one of the is just TV gold. Like is so fucking amazing that I just I, I'm rewatching all the Dexters and I'm just like this fourth fucking season, man. Like you, you CJ and yeah. any listeners, if you're like, oh, you know, I haven't started Dexter, just start the fourth season, and then okay. that'll be like, oh shit, I need to watch everything. I think it's um, on Netflix. I do. I think it's on it's, Netflix. It, it, it's all. It's all on Netflix. And I mean, I have most of the seasons on on DVD, but I also watch it on you know because I'm like laying in bed. I'm like, oh, I got the fucking DVDs over there. I'm gonna oh, fuck it. Netflix is right here. Um, and it breaks my heart because I work at a fucking video store. Right. Like, um, but yeah. Like so what was the, the, first the season- holy fuck moment though? You said there was a. Oh, I don't want to ruin that because because there's a holy fuck. Well, I'll tell you the. Well, that was the, the point base- of bringing it up. You might as well. No, because I want you to see it because it's one of the biggest twists of like, like one of the most unexpected TV moments. You're just like, oh my god! Like this is they went there. Well, but I, I will tell you. Yeah, to like, be fair, I don't know. I'm gonna see it, but go for it. You want me to tell you? I. You might as well, because I think the likelihood of okay, me watching so it is for, low. For any listeners that have 
are like halfway through Dexter, haven't finished the fourth season. There's a big, massive spoiler. So I'm giving you a countdown. Three. If you want to skip this, like you want to like basically mute this for like the next maybe two minutes. All right. Three, two, one. His girlfriend, no, his wife, that he had originally used as a cover and then eventually impregnates. And she's got two kids of her own. And she's played by, um, oh, fuck, I'm going to mess up her name. Um, let me just look on the back of a, of a Dexter DVD. Hang on. Uh, Julie Benz. I knew it was something to do with like a, like, a, like a Mercedes. I was like, it's not Mercedes, it's Benz. That's what it is. Um, Julie Benz was on Buffy. I mean, she's one of those actresses that you would recognize, but you can't always place. But she's well-known for Dexter. She plays Rita, and Rita originally was just a cover because he needed, like, he's like, well, normal people have girlfriends, so I'll have a girlfriend. And she's she comes from a very abusive uh, past relationship. Both of her kids are, the you know, from her, you know, heroin-using husband you know, who beats her all the time. And that's how he meets her is his sister. That's the other thing I forgot to mention. His sister or his, his foster sister is also a cop. So they work together. And so like, he's always kind of like covering his tracks just also. So she doesn't find out he's a serial killer. Spoiler sixth season. She does. And that makes the show really interesting when she's like realizing after all these years, like what he's been doing. But anyways, fourth season there is this the big bad of the fourth season is known as the trinity killer and he's played by john lithgow he plays a really good villain period he is but you've never seen him like this Probably because not. i had i had i you know my john lithgow uh experience i guess was very limited to like third rock from the sun and maybe Shrek. You My know, first... I very kind of kitty, kind of friendly, funny shit. With the exception of like uh, uh, the world according to Garp. My first exposure to him was a movie called the Santa Claus movie, and it's not the Tim Allen ones. That's probably what you're thinking, but it's not that one. I, I don't. I don't know that version, but uh, it actually yeah. has Dudley Moore in it. Dudley oh, Moore plays good. an elf. Dudley Moore, John, John. Really? Yep, Dudley Moore's an elf. I forget who Santa oh, Claus is, and John Lithgow plays the CEO of this toy company who's just massively corrupt. And they and Dudley Moore leaves North Earth, North Earth, oh God, North Pole, and has some of the stuff that helps the... <sighs> <sighs> The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. I haven't really woken up. Oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, <laughs> I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. 
Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Reindeers fly, and somehow Lithgow's character convinces him to put it into their candy, their candy canes, and kids can fly now. Not, like, permanently. Like, it, it wears off. So, uh-huh. and there you go. And that's the movie. Sounds, like a, better, sounds, sounds like a metaphor for drugs. We're like, hey, kids, you want to fly? I got some stuff for you. No, it's not quite like that, but I can see where you get that from. Well, it's Dudley Moore. Dudley Moore's like, and. <laughs> well, I think that's Arthur, not Dudley, but just me. Dudley loved, Dudley loved to drink too, man. All right, fair enough. But anyway, get back, finish your point about Dexter. That's. That's not Santa Claus. <laughs> um, so he's the big bad, and he is a serial killer. But he's also like his cover is like he is like a deacon of a church. He is a teacher, and he he's been doing this for thirty years. Like he's been killing for thirty years, and his ritual is he does it the same thing. In three, so first a uh, a woman dies in a bathtub. So he like strangles them from behind and pulls them. He's like naked; they're naked. He pulls them into the bathtub full of water and then cuts their uh, femoral artery, so they bleed out. And he's holding them. Then he uh, bludgeons a father of two to death with a hammer. Then the third one is a mother. Uh, commit suicide by dropping, by letting go, uh, or falling from a fall uh, from a tall building. Okay. So he, so he manipulates all that. He does the bludgeoning and he lets the person, like he tells them to let go, to jump to their death. Like he's like, it has to be this way. And because you find out that's what happened to him in his youth. He saw his sister in the shower. She slipped, caught her leg open and bled out instantly. His father was abusive and he finally went up against his father, killed him with a hammer. And then his mother, through the grief, jumped and killed herself. So they've been trying to track this guy for fucking years, blah, blah, blah. Dexter gets wind of it, tries to fucking, you know, and then, like, finds out this guy is a father of two and seems happy and seems like he's been doing this for, you know, over 30 years. And he's got his life together. So he, like, kind of was like, well, I'm, I'm a father now and I'm married. I really kind of am really curious how he does this. So he sort of, he gives himself, you know, a fake name and he sort of, you know, becomes a sort of protege, not as a serial killer, but a protege of just like, Hey, I, I need some guidance. I'm going through some marriage trouble. Can I, can you help me out? So they be, become sort of friends and then they find out about each other and, and blah, blah, blah. There's a whole cat and mouse thing. Finally, he catches him. He kills him. You know, and and does his and does his thing, and he's like, finally, I caught him. Blah blah. blah. Then you, when he goes home, he and his wife were supposed to like go on their honeymoon because they had gotten married and had a kid, but because of the kid, it sort of halted their honeymoon. So he, you know, he goes home, finally relaxed that Trinity's killed and it's all over. Blah blah blah, and he's listening to his voicemail, and and it's his wife, and she says. Hey, honey, I completely forgot my passport. I'm coming home. I'll, you know, I'll see you at the airport or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So he's like packing up and then he calls Rita and her cell phone is like 
in the living room. And he's like, what the fuck? And then he hears his baby crying. And he runs to the bathroom and he sees Rita in the bathtub full of blood. Oh. And his son, who's an infant, sitting on the pa- on the floor co- with blood underneath him and all around him. And that mirrors what happened to him because that's the trauma is that Dexter was more or less born in blood. When he was about two years old, he witnessed his mother getting killed in front of him. So now the same thing is happening to his son. And like we had followed like the whole Rita Dexter thing for four years. And then all of a sudden she's dead. Yeah, that's a big fuck. And, that, and, and you know, there's a whole part where like he likes to talk to his victims right when he's about to kill them. So like he has them in a in a room and they're strapped down with like a lot of tape and a lot of saran wrap. And he can kind of be himself for a moment where he's like completely open. And then when you, after you re after you find out that Trinity as his last act before he got caught killed Dexter's wife, you rewatch that scene. just like, Oh shit. Like he alludes to it because he, at one point he says it's already over. And Dexter kind of looks at him like, what? He's like, it's already over. It's already been done. Meaning you can kill me, but you'll never, ever get me back for what I just did to you. Yeah, I I think that's a bigger fuck you moment than, or what the fuck moment than Roseanne. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, but that's my point. Is like, the whole, like, that was a bigger fuck you moment than Roseanne, but that was still, but that's not even the whole fuck you thing. The, the ending, so now you go forward four more seasons and more crazy shit happens. There's another circular out this season. Another one that he has to track down. And now he's got to deal with the fact that his wife is dead. He's grieving. And it's all his fault. And he can't tell people that it's all his fault because he does the whole classic like, it is my fault. Like, no, you are a great husband and a great father. What are you talking about? He's like, I fuck. I want to tell you I deserve to be locked up for what happened to Rita, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then his sister finds out that He's a show killer. She kind of like is helps him out at one point. I mean, I'm it's been a long time since I've gotten to like God. I'm I'm going through that. But um season finale. He his sister is in a coma and she dies. So and at the same time, there's this giant fucking hurricane thunderstorm that's about to destroy, not destroy, but fuck up Miami. And he takes her body and goes out in his boat and there's like, you know, lightning and thunder and everyone's evacuating Miami and shit like that. He He's dating some fucking crazy, like, other serial killer chick and she takes his son with his permission. Like, here, we're gonna go to like some, like, Colombia or we're gonna go to fucking Cuba or something. Go, we're gonna meet out in some Latin country. I'll meet you there. And then he takes his boat and dumps his sister, um, in the in the ocean and then sails out into the storm and we're like oh shit he's sacrificing everything from he's sacrificing his life so his son has a good life blah 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 and then then the show ends and then you get to see a man as a lumberjack and he's chopping wood with a bunch of guys and then he walks away he's got a big beard you can't really kind of tell who it is and then you re- it's revealed he's Dexter he's going to a cabin he's got a big fucking lumberjack beard he's, he's got an axe and he sits down alone and then he looks at the camera and it ends 
So the ending for one of the greatest shows ever is he turns into a lumberjack. Okay. So if you were like me, following the show like every fucking week, just like, oh, oh shit, that guy's dead. Oh shit, Rita's dead. Oh shit, his sister knows. Oh, and they're like, he's a lumberjack? Really? What the fuck? <laughs> And then okay. they keep talking like, oh, well, maybe we'll make another season and rectify this. And, we'll, and all the fans are like, nope, you did what you did. Fuck you guys. You cannot come back from Lumberjack. That's some bullshit. Well, I'm still not sure that's on par with with the Roseanne one. I think that's probably more of a fuck you than a what the fuck. But I hear you. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying it was like, because I did what you did. Uh, you know, I was... I we. I rewatched a lot. I rewatched all the Roseanne, like, like five years ago. Just like somehow got. I think I. I don't know. I probably someone a friend of mine probably downloaded them for me and like gave me all the torrents and shit. And then went through every single episode. I'm like, this is this show's funny. It's it's fucked up. There, I. It's relatable. That was the most important thing about the show. Is it was relatable. Yeah, and it's it honestly still holds up for a show that's twenty plus years old at this point. It still holds up. It really does. And it, it's very conservative, but it's also very got. It's got a lot of liberal. You can yes. you get anybody can relate to it except for like rich people. Right. Right. Yeah. So I would agree. And and have you watched? Did you watch the, the reboot at all? No, no, I wanted to, but I just didn't. I, I think I have to. Uh, I think my mother might have downloaded it on her DVR or something like that. But like, okay. I, I haven't. I've seen clips of it, and the clips I've seen look promising. But yeah, at the it same wasn't, time, it's it wasn't as good as the original, and it I didn't expect it to be. I would have been surprised if it was, but it right. wasn't bad. And they addressed the Dan's dead thing. I thought that was a good way to put to to do, and they did that. Um, and they almost treated it like it didn't happen. And and do you want me to tell you, or would you rather just say it? You can tell me. Okay. Okay. So they go into the, the bedroom, and Dan's just in laying in the bed with a seep with a CPAP mask on, right? Yeah. And she yells his name a few times, and he's like, "What? What? What?" <laughs> And she goes, I thought you were dead. And he wakes up and he takes the mask off. He goes, why does everyone think I'm dead? And that's the, the extent of dealing with it. And then it's like he was always there. So. Little joke, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a, a, a nod to it. And they did a lot of cool things. They, they, because you remember at one point they switched out Becky's because Lisey Gorison or whatever her name is didn't want to do yeah. it for a while or whatever. So they yeah. they gave and her name is Sarah Chalk Chalky I forget if that forget the East Island but anyway they they gave a nod to her she they actually had a role in the new show as a different character uh huh that Becky was actually going to be a surrogate for her so That's... yeah a surrogate mom so okay yeah it they, it was neat so anyway but they. They handle some strong shit in things with, like, addiction. Roseanne was actually kind of dealing with an addiction problem towards the end of the season. Of this season? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was Was it Ambien? No. Yeah, no. It was was opiate pain medication, though, because she apparently... She had been talking about a knee problem throughout the season. 
and they didn't have this, the money for the surgery. And of course, Obamacare was the reason for that, but we're not going to get into that. And decided to, by the end of it, they were going to do the surgery. Like the last episode was them talking about her scheduling the surgery and how afraid she was. She's not as young as she used to be. What if she dies on the table? Whatever. You know. So that's how well, you could handle it. Because I, I'd heard a theory that they just kill off Roseanne. And my personal thought is you, you come back saying she went in for the surgery and it went awry. She died on the table. She doesn't actually have to appear for that. And then you change the name of the show to Dan. And you focus on Dan from there on. Because it's like, um, oh, what was that show called? It was called Valerie's Family. And I forget, this is a show from the like late 80s, early 90s. And it was a wife and a father and, you know, three kids or whatever. And the show was very successful. But the 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 mom actress and I can't—it's a famous person, but I can't think of it. I'd have to look it up. But she, I guess, she wanted more money or something. That I don't know. But something happened, and they they agreed that she couldn't be on the show anymore. But they had a hit show, so they didn't want to cancel the show, so they killed her. In this script, right. they killed her, and they brought in Sandy Duncan as her sister, and as and they changed the show from Valerie's family to the Hogan family because it was something Ho- the Hogans were their last name. And they right. ran for like five more seasons or something like that. So they've I'm not d- saying they've done they've done that before with certain shows. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, there, there's also been a really successful fucking shows. I mean, spinoffs like wasn't like the Jeffersons a spinoff of fucking the Archie Bunker show or whatever the fuck that was. It might have been, and then I think two two seven was a spinoff of that, if I recall. I mean, and sometimes they'll do the whole, oh, the main person died kind of thing. I don't think they should call it Dan. I think they should just call it the Connors. Because I'd argue it's all about the Connors. And because we were saying, like, Roseanne may be the title character, but it's all about the family. So just call it the Connors. No, I I don't disagree with that. I think the idea was, since the show was called Roseanne, a singular name to stay with that concept. But you're not wrong. It could yeah. easily be called that too. I think that was why the suggestion was made. This is something I saw on Twitter, so I'm not. ABC is not saying they're going to do this. This was people making suggestions on on Twitter and stuff. So, well, let's. I mean, going to the about, show, like, was there? I don't know if there was any scenes in the show of of any racism. No, she on, actually had on, a. No, she had an African American granddaughter in the new season. Oh, well, see, I, I don't know. So, I don't know if Roseanne is racist. I she think is. she is. She is. She's done this before. She, I, think she, I, I think she's mildly racist, but she's also, I think she's. she also has mental problems. Well, like, that's yes. important to talk about. Like No, it is important to talk about, and I, I agree with you. And she has said that she has multiple disabilities. With a multiple personality disorder, so she does have this, but it doesn't. Well, can we agree that there's nothing that excuses what she said? It's just not. There's nothing that excuses there's nothing, it. Th- there's nothing that excuses what she said. Uh, I, I also politically, she's been a very big Trump supporter. Yes, very much so. Were you at all surprised though, like with Roseanne, like? When, when you would have found out, like, Roseanne said something racist on Twitter, like, were you surprised? Well, okay, 
Yes and no, and here's why. Yes, from sure. I'm gonna get the yes out of the way because it's a it's a probably a well no the yes is the longer answer so let me go with the no no because she's done this kind of shit before and I've heard her say stuff that's bordered on racist shit that hasn't been racist shit and I've seen her and, and heard her say some flat out racist shit so no that didn't surprise me at all what where the yes comes in is and I I had a an argument with my biological mom about where we are in society. And I'll get into that in a minute because I think it brings, it does feed into this and it brings up a very valid point, but Roseanne knows she's on a, I don't want to call it a second chance because she didn't fuck up enough to get like her, her show didn't end because it got canceled before. Well, I think it did, but not because she did something stupid. Like it had just done its run. It was on for like nine years or whatever it was. You know what I mean? So it, it's not because of making a mistake, but she's in a second chance, and you have to know in the society or now, you have to watch what you say, especially with social media and whatnot, because you say the one wrong thing, and you're done, and yeah. that's what happened. I mean, look, Whitney, Con- okay, so some background for people, even if you know this, Rico, I want to share with our listeners. Whitney Cummings was on the show. She's a stand-up comedian. She wasn't on the show on screen, but she was a showrunner, producer, or something like that. She left like a week before this happened. She just said, "I'm not coming back for se- for season two. Now, why she wasn't coming back, it didn't say. What? Whitney Cummings? I thought it was Wanda Sykes. No, 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 no. Well, I'm getting to that. Whitney Cummings was also involved with the show. I didn't know that. Yeah, okay, yeah. Go ahead. And she had been on involved in the original run before she was Whitney Cummings, before anyone knew who the hell she was. Really? Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Um, not, not to get way off for a second, but Joss Whedon wrote a shit ton of Roseanne episodes. If you go back and watch an old Roseanne... I knew that. She, I, I, knew that. I, knew, okay. I knew Joss got his start on Roseanne. I didn't know that. Until I started watching the old episodes with Deb. Like, I'm watching one day, and this is long after Avengers. And I'm like, oh, shit, Josh Sweden. But anyway, um, but then, as you mentioned, Wanda Sykes was involved with the show. And then she made the tweet, and Wanda Sykes basically threw the middle finger up and was like, I'm out of here. And she should have. I find no fault with that. She was absolutely right to do that, in my opinion. But, you know, and then Sarah Gilbert threw a middle finger. Se recomienda las dosis de refuerzo de la vacuna contra el COVID-19 para ciertas personas. Para más información visita vaccinate.virginia.gov o llama al 877-829-4682. Mensaje del Departamento de Salud de Virginia. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Finger up at her, and so did Michael Fishman. Now, they didn't quit the show, but they distanced themselves as far from Roseanne as humanly possible. Right. So. Or at least their PRs did. No, I, well, the, the things I saw were on Twitter, and I can't speak for Michael Fishman as much, but I do, look, 
there are celebrities that have people that, that run their Twitter. Absolutely. No question about that. I'm not that naive. But I think there are some that run their own. And I think Sarah Gilbert's one of them. Yeah, I mean, based on her, I mean, she's on the talk or the view. She's on one of the, the talk. shows. So she's always been, yeah, she's, so she's on the talk. She's always been very, you know, not a, sh- not, sh- a sh- uh, not shy from speaking her mind. Right. Right, right, right. So, and, you know, and then, cause like another one I know I'm positive runs his own is John Cusack. You know, not right. that that's involved with any of this, but just as an example. Um, right. Y- you know, and, so let's get into what she said, because you know, I know, but there may be people listening that don't know exactly what she said. Right. So she was up at like quarter to two in the morning, according to her, had been drinking because it was Memorial Day and right. using her Ambien. And she said... um Brotherhood of on a Muslim Brotherhood plus Planet of the Apes equals VJ, which stood for Valerie Jarrett, a former aide on the um, President Obama, Obama's cabinet. Right. And who happens to be an African-American woman. Now, Roseanne's come out and said she thought she was Jewish, which I to me sounds like backpedaling. <laughs> well, here's the irony is that Roseanne is Jewish. Like that's, right. that's, so it's like in, in by her defense saying, well, I didn't know she was black. I thought she was Jewish. Does that make it any less racist? No, not at all. Not and, at all. But I mean, like, I, I mean, I mean, we, we talked about this off camera, but like we, you and I had both, uh, heard or at least watched and heard the excerpts with Joe Rogan and Kevin Smith. Oh, great episode of the Rogan Experience. If if you're a Kevin Smith fan, go watch that. It's a great episode. Sorry, I didn't mean it, but that's it's, it's amazingly good. And I and I did and I watched that not just because of Kevin Smith. I didn't finish it, but I watched most of it because of Kevin Smith, but also because Joe Rogan, like you know, a smart motherfucker. <laughs> what? That's a smart motherfucker. That guy knows his oh, yeah. shit. He doesn't. He wouldn't like. He would talk about something unless he knew what he was talking about. I mean, yes. he he's talked about like I don't know, I don't know if this is true, but this is what I my experiences are. He's 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 uh, just as honest as any person on the radio. I mean, he he puts it all out there. Absolutely, um, I, I admire him for that. Yep. And he and he said on on the episode that he's like I know Roseanne and I talked to her on the phone about this and she said to me. I thought she was Jewish. I never would have said what I said uh, based on the fact that she's black. She And she used the whole, like, Ambien did this to me. And, look, I mean, Ambien, I think Ambien and alcohol is a very bad combination. Oh, it absolutely Does is. It, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, have, I have not seen that particular uh, mix but I've heard stories of people being on sleeping medication and like I, I had a cousin who I don't know if it was part of her because she did this. She just did this without with or without medication or she did this because of medication. Uh, she would get up in the middle of the night and like break out like Haggadahs. Like she would sleep eat 
Oh yeah, and, and Rogan tells and a story about Rogan. that on on the episode. Yeah, but like the, I already th- this was like happening. My, oh my, yeah, my cousin uh, is now passed. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Due to no, I mean due to accidental uh, overdosing on medication. She just, I think she took her meds while she was asleep, and it. I don't. I don't know. Um, they they labeled it a suicide, but the rest of the family is like, no, this was this was not intended. This was totally like accidental, fucked up. Yeah, yeah, accidental, and and and. But like it fucked with her because she was like, you know, she was not always a big woman, but she became big woman, a big bigger woman later in life because she would like try desperately to lose weight, and then like you know, at two in the morning would get up and go eat a bunch of ice cream. Right, and then like her husband had to like steer her back to bed. Um, so I don't know if that was the medication or if that was just how she was, but I know. I mean, there have been times where I've taken because of my migraines, I tend to sleep a lot, and then I can't sleep because I've slept all I could possibly sleep. So I've done. I've taken the sleeping medication and woken up in front of my sink, like hmm. really weird thing where I'm like I, I snap awake. And I'm like washing my hands, and I'm like, "The fuck am I doing here?" Right. And I remember, like, I would have a very visual dream of like, 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 like my hands were dirty, like I fell in mud or something, and I have to wash my hands. So then all of a sudden, I'm up washing my hands, and I snap away because the water was too hot, and it woke me up because I'm like, "What the fuck? My hands are on fire. What's going on?" Right, right, right. But here's the thing. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. So adding alcohol and also a chemical mental imbalance. Right. Because she has said she has I, personality disorder. Just Well, she, she also has had problems where, like, for years she has been, like, accusing, like, her father of rape or something. Yeah, there's been a lot of stuff. Yeah. I Like, women's always kind of been nutty. Like. Okay, but here's the thing. If. And and before I say what I was going to say, let me tell you this quick story. I know someone who used to take Ambien and still might. I've lost contact with this person. But she would tell me that if I got a phone call or a text after 10 p.m. Eastern, because that's where we live, to ignore it. To disregard it? To disregard it, yeah, because... When she she would do that, you've heard of drunk texting. You may have even done it at some point, or drunk calling. Is that just texting in your sleep? Basically? No, no, dr- drunk calling, drunk calling. So you're you're hammered, and it's like hey, I want to calling. I heard from okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Drunk calling or drunk texting. So she said it basically it was that same thing. It had that effect on her. So she would got to a point where she started hiding her phone, or she would leave it like downstairs and then go to bed and take her medicine. You know, um, because she she would just drunk text or drunk call people or, I guess, ambient call or whatever you want to call it. I'm not making light of it, but but at the end of the day, and look, I, I loved what the president of the company who makes Ambien said. Ambien does not make you racist. I'm sorry, and I have to agree with that. It may make you say some shit you wouldn't have normally said, meaning like, okay, you would think it but not say it. That I could see, but that still means that you have to be at your core 
racist. You know what I mean? Sure, I can agree with that. That so, it just, it, it's it. Ambien is just another. It's just another drug. It's just another. It's just another form of alcohol. I mean, I've I've seen people that like. I mean, what happened with Mel Gibson? Like, yeah. You know, whether he's racist or not, he got hammered and he said some pretty racist shit. Yep. So it sort of brings out the inner demons full frontal. Like, we're I'm talking about, like, Mel Gibson. Like, Mel Gibson said, like, racist shit. And I, and I know people who swear they're not racist and then, like, get way too hammered. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless Sorry. You. Uh, I think I'm allergic to bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? Um, like, I know people who will just all of a sudden be a different person completely because of alcohol or because of drugs or because of the combination of the two or because they're on prescription medication for a disorder and then alcohol fucks it all up. I mean, yes, racism is not a side effect of Ambien, but if your friend, for example, had to keep her phone away from her because of Ambien, why, I mean, Ambien is not something to fuck with. That's, that's my point is, I'm not saying Ambien should be blamed, but it should not completely fall on Roseanne. I mean, I think there's a whole multitude of blame here. I think a lot of it is Roseanne. I think some of it should go to Ambien. I honestly think a little bit of it should go to ABC because they knew more or less what they were signing up for. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. They, now they, they did the quickest fucking like beheading I've ever seen. And like course, that was, I've never seen a company just boom, fuck right. you, you're out. Yeah, no, it was like, fast. It yeah. was really fast. Kevin oh, actually, dude, that, Kevin actually on that Joe Rogan episode says it happened in a period of like an hour. Like he heard yeah. about it, he went, took a nap, came up, woke up from the nap, and it was done. It was all done. Like it was not even like an investigation. It was just like she said some shit we don't agree with. Fuck you, and and I think. Honestly, it would not have happened if, like, the other cast members hadn't, like, voiced their opinion, being like, I am not agreeing with what Roseanne said. I'm disgusted with what she said. So, ABC was probably being like, oh, shit, we're going to have some major problems. Well, uh, that, right. and I I think Wanda Sykes quitting the way she did had a big impact on it, too. And I mean that in a positive way, but I think, because um, when you have I an African-American think- woman as your one of your executive producers, you know, you... Not to mention a member, you know, an icon of the, you know, gay community as well. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah. I mean, shit, dude, Wanda Sykes is like, you know, she's, she's almost like a triple threat to a bunch of conservatives. Like, you know, I mean, I find it surprising the fact that like Wanda Sykes would be attributed to Roseanne. to Roseanne, I mean, that, yeah. that when you when I thought I was like Wanda Sykes, really? Yeah, I was, I was more stunned. surprised with Whitney Cummings, but like for a different reason. I'm like, wow, Whitney Cummings, like uh, just the fact that she was a producer and it wasn't like two broke girls. I'm like, that was surprising. Um, I never liked I that show. Like, I think what, what? I never liked that show, Two Broke Girls. It was. Mm. I never watched it. I saw clips of it, but I never. I mean, it just looks. I think it would be a better show if it was like on like HBO where they could actually be more filthy and be 
le- le- because it's like it's a filthy show, but in a sitcom like PG thirteen oriented audience. As long as I get to see and the blonde chick naked, I'd be happy. Well, I- I'd be more interested in seeing Cat Dennings, but that's a whole uh, other thing. Well, I wouldn't argue against either, but. <laughs> I'm sure our our respected girlfriends are going to love this part of the episode. Um, Yeah, well, mine never listens, so we're good. Yeah, we should probably edit this part out. I'll keep mine in. I'll take yours out if you want, but I'm keeping mine, damn it. Okay. Um, I'm manning up, damn it. I'll admit to what I said, going to the theme of the single rose, and I'll admit my things. We're getting way too much. uh, I mean... Even though I was talking about Dexter for fucking ever, like this, this is the part where I'm like, all right, now we're getting a little overboard. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, no, but like, it's go ahead. I think a little bit of blame also has to fall a little bit on Trump. Well, his reaction to it is—I know that's not what you're talking about—but his reaction to it was typical Trump. It was, why is NBC apologize for Roseanne says, but never better about the horrible things that are said about me? Really? Go fuck yourself. I mean, that's my opinion of him anyway, but that, mm. anyway. Yeah, he's a fucking chode, but I'm saying, like, look, let's just point blank say this, okay? Trump is a fucking racist, and he's not even, like, a very good, like, racist in terms of keeping it in the dark. He's very open and very, like, he's not even, like, not even good at defending himself and being a racist. He's always saying, I'm the least racist person you know, which is not saying I'm not racist. He's just saying, I'm the least racist person that you know, meaning you can know someone who could be more racist than me. So the fact that he and Roseanne are fucking friends doesn't help her situation very well. The fact that she supported him, the fact that she has been retweeting his shit and also all the other conspiracy bullshit theories that like, you know, Oh, Hillary was like involved in like Muslim, whatever the fuck, like, you know, or, or another thing about Obama or some stupid shit or the current stupid shit she's tweeting doesn't help. And like when the first, when her new, uh, new season premiered, Trump was ecstatic because he kept saying, it's all about us. It's about us. It's about us working class, conservative fucking people, racists. Right. You know? And, yeah, yeah. And and I think that was another reason why ABC was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, we got some high fucking ratings, but we didn't necessarily want Trump's approval. Well, like, he didn't even get the joke. He didn't get the fact that it was like... Like, it shows middle America not looking promising. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's... Well, let me say this about him, because I'm not going to defend him in any way, and I'm not going to say he's not a racist, but I don't think he's intelligent enough to know that he's a racist. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I don't. I, I think he doesn't realize that what he says or the things that he says are bad. I don't. I think he just thinks they're normal. But, you know, to your comment that he says, you know, I'm the least racist person you know, I know some other people that are close to me who I'm not going to name who are racist. They will tell you they're not. They will outright tell you they're not. And they have black friends and they like black people and whatever and still use words like the N-word and say things like, 
curly-headed people and things like that. And, you know, and the irony is one of them's best friend's daughter up until like six months ago was married to a black guy. And the reason why they got divorced had nothing to do with the racism. They, they had their own issues. But, like, really? And then they, the, the defense would be, well, I'm not talking about well, him. Well, I think, well, look, by that, look, I don't, for, for that example, someone who says the N-word and makes black jokes or comments or something, and they happen to be married to someone who's black or something, I think they're just thinking that they get a pass. Well, this you know, person wasn't. I, I, I have, I have relatives that are also. They're not married to them. It was a best friend's daughter. Right. I mean, like this, this guy was not. Oh, his best friend's oh, daughter so, well, was married to a black guy. It's like, but that, but the whole thing is that goes with my point. Is you said like you don't think Trump is smart enough to realize what racism is, or that if he is a racist, and that like it's just what people say because he's. He's older. I mean, he's 70. I mean, you know, I know older people. I mean, I know older people in my family that they were, I mean, like, for example, my, you know, not specifically saying my dad or anything like that. I'm, and I'm not trying to talk shit about my father. Right. On, you know, on our, on our, on our podcast. But like, <laughs> my dad's 80. You know, my dad, my dad's 80s and, you know, he's, my dad represents a little bit of both worlds because my dad was very, uh, ahead of his time for based on like the old world conservative like and my you know my dad's also the son of an immigrant so you know my dad's Italian and and but like race was sort of like an open thing when he was a kid like he had a friend who was Lithuanian one of his closest friends was Lithuanian and like you know just a just to kind of jab him you'd call him a Polak like it- family it looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments. Where bold moves require confident blueprints. Where you can accelerate transformation through consistency. Where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at saic.com cloud. It was just well, yeah. open racism, you know, and, and, you know, even still, like, you know, my dad, all my dad's closest friends are, are Jewish. Now, my dad's never said an anti-Semitic word because my dad loves, you know, he has a lot of uh, love for Jewish people and, and stuff like that. But like, you know, he, he's, he's made a Jewish joke because I just, it's, it's, it's just right. a different time. And, and right. I think... Someone and and I've made plenty of fucking like jokes about Italians and, and Jews. I mean, I, if we're really breaking it down, we're all if you if you come from a family where it's like, hey, you're Italian. What are you? You know, like Jews and Italians are pretty similar. Blah blah. blah. If you can make a joke about it, it is, does it make it racist or does it just make it a joke? Well, and and I think for someone like I think for someone like Roseanne, again, I'm not defending anything she said. 
But I think with a combination of mental imbalance, old school kind of because she she was always very politically incorrect, and yeah. now we're in a day and age where you have to be more politically correct. Uh, I don't think she I don't think she's caught up with the time, and I think also the I think Ambien did have something to do with it, and I think alcohol did have something to do with it. I think I think there's a whole lot of everything affected what happened. Right. So I, again, I'm not condo- I'm not condoning what she said, or I'm not condoning anything Trump says. I'm not condoning anything any uh, person who says something mildly or even hugely racist says. But we are living in a time where you know people are are questioning: Is this racist? Is this sexist? And the point is, it's it's always been like this, but now people are like saying, "No, you can't fucking say that." But she, I, I do believe she has some old school racism in her heart, whether she's aware of it or not. Because right. her argument would be like, "Well, I'm I'm Jewish. Why would I mean I'm allowed to? I, because I thought this woman was Jewish, and because I'm Jewish, I get a pass, right? Well, no, because you you your joke doesn't make sense because if you thought she was Jewish and you're making an apes comment, which is what is usually attributed to black people, then you're really trying to backpedal here. So your argument's invalid, but I do believe she's fucking nuts. I think she is. I think she, I think she's fucking nuts. And honestly, she should stop taking Ambien. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, I don't know how far you got into the Rogan episode, but they one point, because they've got a, they've got somebody I wish we had. I wish we had a researcher while we talked. Yeah. Um, it was great the one week Steph was there with you and she was able to look right. shit up for us. But um, like the guy pulled up, after 10 days of using Ambien, you are legally hooked to Ambien and you yeah. need, and you need a, um, I forget what they call it. I want to call it a detox plan, but that's not it. But it's, it, it's a plan to come off of Ambien. You can't just stop. And, yeah. and it's 10 days. And if I, saw in the same article they pulled up it was like something 446,000 cases of ambient misuse or, or or overdose in 2015 that's a lot right so if it's so if that's a lot man if it's something that severe where you are hooked for 10 days and then you need like a detox like methadone type program to come off of a sleeping pill then it's clearly something is is attributed to the drug. It's not just like, oh, yo, I, I cooked while I was asleep and ate my dinner and then went back to sleep. It's like people drive on Ambien. People yeah, like, no, absolutely. You know, it, it, is, it is not a fucking drug to fuck around with, which is why, like, it was pretty fucking witty, like, whatever, whoever, whoever made that statement being like, a side effect does not include racism. Well, you know what? Side effects include a lot of other crazy shit. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe, look, they say what they said, but maybe a side effect is racism. If I, you are a racist. Well, okay, yes, but that there's the key to that. You have to be a racist at the core prior to taking the Ambien, and that's that. And uh, right. I think his point because the person who said it was the president of um, the company makes Ambien, and it, it escapes me right now. But he, you have to be a racist at the core. Maybe, maybe it's some shit you wouldn't say 
without the Ambien, but it's still what right. you think and what you believe. It doesn't just turn you into a racist. Well, that it just also ma- it, it what makes Kevin you was say, like, what's that? There was there was that part where Kevin was talking about how like he was asleep and his dad was getting up to go to work and he said, "Where is everybody?" Yeah. And then Kevin woke up and said, "Oh, uh, he's getting his thriller." And right, like, and then his wallet. His and he met a wallet. But, like, his, his brain was just, it hadn't clicked where, and I've done that too. Like, I've been, like, I fell asleep and I was, like, and, like, Steph would talk to me or someone else would talk to me. And I would just talk. And then they'd be like, what? And I'm like, and I'd step awake. I'm like, what? And they're like, you just said, like, take it to the laundromat. And I'm like. I, I did. I'm like, yeah, we won't even talk about anything. He just said, well, sometimes you have to take it to the laundromat. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know why the fuck I would say that. And they're like, did you fall asleep? And I'm like, I guess I did. I'm sorry. I, I, I was I was talking to you and I was sort of dozing. And then I, I I registered that you were talking to me. And I must, I don't know, I wasn't dreaming about laundry or anything like that. But I just, I, so add that with like, you know, we all do stupid shit when we're asleep or when we're yep. half asleep. But when you're on a fucking medication and you've been drinking and you probably have some racism deep inside you, as well as the fact that you got a chemical imbalance, I think it was just a toxic combination with also with which has also happened to be on her Twitter page. Like right. that's the unfortunate thing is the fact that like should there be a regulation for Twitter where someone kind of over before you post it, it goes through a screening process where like that's too racist to post. We're not going to let you post that. Yeah, I. You know what? I, I, I honestly, Rico, I can't agree with that because I like the fact that you have a platform. You should be able to police yourself, and if you can't, then you have to be ready to accept the repercussions of what you said. That's what it boils down to. If you want freedom of speech, that's what it boils down to. I heard a guy on Bill Maher's show this past this past Friday say something that they weren't they were talking about Roseanne, but other things too. And the one thing he said was like, "You want freedom of speech? That's fine. Everyone should have freedom of speech, but then you have to be prepared to accept the repercussions of that freedom." Yeah, Carlin said something similar. He's like, you know, you know, freedom of speech is fine. But like you know, it's like I you know, it's like I I have the right to call you an asshole, and then you're like, well, that person says I have the right to kill you for what you said, and like that's that's there are repercussions there to everything. I mean, just because someone says I have a right to free speech doesn't necessarily mean what you say is allowed or okay. And I, right. I know people who said I have a right to free speech. Why are you attacking me? Because what you said was racist or hurtful or sexist or or just plain wrong. We're not challenging your right to free speech. We're challenging and giving you shit because you're an asshole. Right, exactly. And, you know, because otherwise, if, if there's no repercussion, then, I mean, well, fuck, dude, Trump's president. I don't, I, I think all bets are <laughs> fucking off at this point. Yeah, probably. So let's, let's get to this. So do you think ABC did the right thing? I think ABC did the right thing, but I think they may have done it too quickly without. Because I don't, I don't know what ABC did in in terms of an investigation. I know that it was fucking quick as shit. Um, but I, I mean, I think they did the right thing, but I also think they did the wrong thing, which is sign up with Roseanne from the very beginning. 
Like they, they, they must have known there would have been some form of controversy, you know, signing up someone who's been very politically idiotic. Let's put it that way. Someone who's been very outspoken with racism or conspiracy shit or just just not just saying, oh, I don't like Obama because of this policy he did. Like just saying, I don't like Obama because of something that I can't prove. And also he's black. Right. You know, you could not like Obama, but don't like Obama just because he's black or because you believe that he is a Muslim from Kenya. Like, you know, like. She's she honestly, she's just fueling the Trump tard fucking allegations. I mean, she's I don't I don't know if she was part of the birther movement she, when that Trump started. Um, but she was not she, against it either. Yeah, I think she did jump on the train, but not nearly as severely as Orange Forty Five. Right. Uh. So, I I think they I think ABC did the right thing. And I think they can still rectify this. Just make a show about the Cotters, have her, have Roseanne be dead. I mean, they fucking did it with two and a half men. Well, that was CBS, but yeah. Um, I, I, what I'm saying, like, they, they, I mean, two, whether two and a half men was, I would argue was not as successful when Ashton Kutcher signed on, but it was still pretty successful. It went on for a couple more years. Yeah, especially with the kid trashing in the show, too. Yeah, I mean that was. I mean, yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to get into that whole that thing, but yeah. Um, look, I I think they made the right call too. Um, I think it sucks. I think the show was good. I actually thought they were handling race pretty well in it. It was a whole episode about inclusion, where at the beginning of the episode, Roseanne, the character, was saying some racist stuff, but by the end of the episode, changed her perspective, like flipped it completely. And it was another one with, no, it was the same episode. Yeah, so it was a, it was about Muslims that had moved into Lanford, and and they had bought a shit ton of fertilizer, and it was sitting on the front yard because apparently he was starting a land bit, landscaping company, which you find out later. And they thought it was fr- right, yeah. yeah, and but and oh. you find out, but you know, and by the end of the episode, he. He get he gets the final word, and it's a bit of a shot at Roseanne, and then the screen goes black, and the episode's over. And but it's a comedic shot, so it's not like it's it's comedic, it's funny, and and if you have an open mind, it makes you go, yeah, good for that guy. You know what I mean? So I I would probably label because there have been times where Roseanne has been very progressive. Yep, and then times where not so much. Yeah, I would probably call her a liberal racist. If I'm being honest, she wouldn't call you that, but or call herself that, but she would disagree with because you. She, I think she could be very liberal with, like, you know, the gay community and 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 the show. I mean, she is. It's not like she is just the star of the show. She's got to have some input, so she's got to like read every script and be like, "Yes, we have got to have these, you know, conservative Trump supporters also." be thinkers. You know, yeah. I, I saw a snippet of one where like it was her grandson or something and he wanted to dress up in a woman in girl's clothes and shit like that. No, it, it, he does. He's got a, I don't want to call it a transgender grandson, but definitely struggling with his identity. Um, right. And, so, and then he's and, also, and I saw the clip. Yeah. Yeah. And she's also got an African-American granddaughter in the show. 
Yeah, so she... I mean, they didn't just plant that shit. I mean, nope. they did. They planted that shit to talk about it. But if, if Roseanne was as racist as everyone's claiming she is, she yeah. would have said... She would have tweaked the episode in her conservative favor. She wouldn't. She would not have been like, "Well, okay, if this is what's important to you, then we support you." Right. She but, would have said like, "No, get your ass upstairs and change into a boy's clothes. You're a boy. Be a boy." But here's the thing. Well, at one point they kind of do that, and it's actually more from Dan's side than Roseanne's. But the point is that I think, and and I kind of want to tie this off because we've been at this topic for a while, and I want to make the show a little more entertaining. I think it's something we needed to talk about. It's important to talk about, but I want to give some entertainment to some people too. Um, But, like, one of the... I think she is as racist as it made her sound, but what I think happened is that the Ambien and the alcohol... And the fact that she's sixty and working all the well, time. Well, no, but show. yeah, but I think, I think that she, I think she is as racist as the the comment made her sound. But I think she's also generally smart enough not to do that publicly. And the ambient and the alcohol, um blocked or knocked down that wall, whatever you want. I can't think of the phrase I want to say, but it allowed that to come out that would not normally have come out if she had been stone cold sober. And and does that make a right? Not at all. But she's, I think, and, and just going back to talking about Orange 45 for a minute, and the difference is I think she's smart enough generally to know when not to say stuff where he's not. And that's the big difference. Look, it was done. It's over. It sucks for the people that were working on the show. I really do feel for them. The yeah, And I'm not talking about, like, Sarah Gilbert and John Goodman. I mean, I feel for them, too. But I'm talking about, like, your key grips and your camera people and your lighting people and your makeup people and all them. Now, they're all good enough to get on that show. I'm sure they'll find other work, and I hope they do, and they have my support. But... If because I don't think ABC is going to do anything like I they could do something like the Connors or Dan like we talked about earlier or whatever I don't think they're going to I think it's just dead I think it's dead on arrival I think it's over yeah Um, yeah you might be right if they do something like that I'll I'll be the first one to watch it I'm not going to lie to you I will sit down and I was I was looking forward to Roseanne when it came back. I really was, and I enjoyed it, and I watched it, and I'll admit that I watched it. I wouldn't watch it going forward, and honestly, you know, Deb's been watching the reruns, even though she knows what's happened, and I'm not giving her shit for that. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm now uncomfortable even watching the, the reruns, but that's yeah, just me. Yeah, and that was the other interesting thing that all those, like, streaming sites, like, dropped Roseanne. Yep. Well, it's not off the right. networks yet, but I mean, look what happened to Cosby. As soon as the allegations came out, you couldn't find the Cosby show anywhere. <laughs> anywhere. And then once he got, co- there was like one channel that still had it. And once he got convicted, they dropped it. And they're an African-American channel. And I'm not saying that in a racist way. They come out and said, we are an African-American channel. Like they run things like the Jeffersons and Cosby show and 227 and Different World and all those 
you know, I think they run in living color. Like they, they specifically run those types of shows on purpose. And I personally have a problem with it. But they dropped Cosby after he got convicted. So Oh yeah, they did not hold the fuck back on that one. Yeah. So alright, so let's <laughs> let's move on to happier topics, shall we, Rico? <laughs> Absolutely, man. Like, I'm, I'm done with Roseanne Barr right now. Yeah, I look. I like I said, it was it's it's an important topic going on. I think it's something we needed to talk about if we we're taking ourselves seriously as a show. But you know, at the same time, we're an entertainment show, so let's let's move on. Um, Are I've, you not entertained, audience? Are you not entertained? <laughs> Nicely done, sir. Um, so I saw a couple different movies. Um, from the last couple of years over the last four or five days. So I'm going to list them all off and I'll let you pick which ones you want to hear slash talk about. Okay? Go for it. Because you're our movie guy. Like, I can hold my own, but let's face it, you are our movie guy. Yes, I am. Which, by the way, before... I... Oh, God. My brother uh, compared me to the comic book guy on The Simpsons. Oh, he's like Rico. Honestly, like just grow a ponytail out, and I would and like just dr- walk around as and like he's like, can you do an impression of the comic book guy? I'm like, worst impression ever. And he's just like, honestly, dude, if you fucking do that, I will be forever in your debt. He's like, but you're not the comic book guy. You're the movie guy. Yeah. If you run a business, Bank of Clark County has you covered. Offering cash management services to automate and simplify your business banking, streamlined digital banking, and merchant payment processing that's a one-stop solution. Plus, Bank of Clark offers corporate credit cards that help you optimize capital, organize expenses, and enhance your business. Whether you're looking to earn points faster or lower your APR, Bank of Clark County has the card that's right for you. Member FDIC. When your dad started building a man cave in your bedroom, you knew it was time to start building something for yourself. Let's job it up. At CareerBuilder, we're ready to help at every stage of your search. Build a resume, get industry tips and advice, and apply to multiple jobs in just one click. Start your search at CareerBuilder.com. You're the movie guy, but you have. You, I was like, I was like, that's really fucked up. I am not that fucking fat. He's like, oh, I'm like, wow, fuck that's you. fucked up. Yeah, worst movie ever. <laughs> um, worst movie ever. All right, go ahead. What, what's, right. what's the movies? Okay, so I'm gonna go through them all. They're not in any particular order. Just the order I remember watching them. Okay. Do you want me? Do you want me to comment them as you say them, or do you want me to comment them at the end? At the end, let me list them all off first, and then we'll go okay. from there. All right, so ahead. I saw Yes Man. I saw Atomic Blonde. I saw um, what else did I see? I saw I saw the Power Rangers reboot. <laughs> um, and I watched half of Fantastical Beasts, and it's only because I had to stop because I was doing stuff. So I'm actually going to pick up the other half after we get done doing this. All right. Well, if I'm if I'm going to do my job, I'm going to do my job correctly. So let's talk about each one of them. But let me speed through them. What my opinion was. Well, before so, yes, man. Before you do, can I just make I I listed them all up, but I'm going to suggest we skip the Fantastical Beasts for two reasons. One, I'm only halfway through it, and two, 
we have talked about doing a hottie, a hottie, oh, <laughs> Harry Potter. A hottie Potter. hottie Potter. A hottie Potter. <laughs> a Harry Potter universe episode, so maybe we save that for that one anyway. What do you think? Sure. Okay, sure. go ahead. Oh, real uh, quick. All right, yes, man. Sorry. I think Deb's going to sit in as a guest host on the Harry Potter episode whenever you do it. I already talked to her about it. Terrific. Yeah. She and I can geek out on Harry Potter and you'll be just like, I saw a movie. No, I, I, I've I, kind of got into them. I really like them. So I think I can hold my own. You guys will be much better than me, but I can hold my own. Anyway, go ahead. Well, good. Uh, so, yes, man. Um, probably one of, I mean, it's not, it's, it's funny. Is it as funny as Jim Carrey's other fucking funny movies? No. I would say Bruce Almighty is probably his last, like, really decent comedy. Yeah. I would agree. Uh, yes, man. You know, it's, it's, it's cute. It's got some funny moments. I like it a whole lot more than, uh, fucking Dumb and Dumber 2. Like, I, I was, that, that was such a letdown for Dumb and Dumber 2. Like, if you're, if you were as much of a fan of the first one as I was, and even endured that piece of shit prequel. And then like, oh man, they're coming back. And then you're like, oh wow, that was really So you're going to hate me because I didn't like any of them. I didn't even see the second well, one because I hated the first one. And I I actually kind of enjoyed the prequel slightly more than the original. But that's not to say I liked it because I didn't. But if I was going to tell well, you which there, one I there, there's one part of the prequel that I still, like, my friends and I will still, like, reference, like, where, like, Bob Saget finds, like, chocolate all in the bathroom, and he thinks it's shit, and he's like, there's shit everywhere! And it's just, that was just the funny fucking part. Well, that's because uh, Bob movie... Saget makes everything better. It's fucking Saget. Oh, Bob Saget! <laughs> uh, that Jamie Kennedy rap song about rolling with Saget is still one of the funniest fucking things I've ever heard. I don't know. And I, I'm not, I, I was a fan of Jamie Kennedy from Scream, but that's it. He did a rap song called Rollin' with Saget. I'm asking you to just go look it up. Even if you're not a huge fan of his, it's fucking funny. Cause Saget's I'll on look it. it up. I'll look it up after the episode. Yeah, that's fine. But just check it out and then tell me what you think next time we talk. Cause it's actually really fucking funny. No, Bob Saget's funny, especially when he plays off of his, like, squeaky clean full house image. Like, yep. he was on the show Entourage, and he's just, like, as far away from fucking, Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. He got I mean, his... I have his stand-up special that he did, like... Oh, God, it's a while ago now. It's maybe ten years ago now, but... It oh my god, it's raunchy as shit. He spends half the time yeah. talking about a audience member fucking a rat. Like it's just Yeah, odd. I've seen that one. I have the movie he did, Farce of the Penguins. Have you seen that? No, I haven't, but I heard it's good. It's 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 a spoof of March of the Penguins. Almost to the point where they have Samuel Jackson narrating it instead of Morgan Freeman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but it's different because he has all these cast members and comedians voicing penguins. So it's like he, he took the footage from March of the Penguins and just had comedians dub him. Right. Wait, did you say and you have that stand-up special? Do you have it? I no, I've seen it. Okay, because the the song I was telling about the music video for it is the is a special feature on that stand-up. 
Oh, okay. Well, I can I can probably find on online on. YouTube. Oh, I'm sure you could. I was just gonna say if you have if you actually have it, then you have the song already. So no. Um, uh, so back to back to yes, man. Um, now look, see, I reached a, an interesting point in my life where I was a massive Jim Carrey fan when I was a kid, and then mm. as an adult, I don't know if my humor changed or if I just got older. But like, I look at Jim Carrey movies and I'm like. Some of them, like especially the ones I loved, are just not fucking as good as they for were example. for me. For example, I remember loving Ace Ventura 1 and 2. Yeah, see, I've never been a fan. See, but I, I, but I was the biggest – but then I remember watching them recently because they were uploaded on, on, uh, on Netflix. Netflix, yeah. And I, and I was like, wow. He is really annoying. Yep. Yep. And, but I also wa- rewatched The Mask. Like, I kind of was, like, with this whole segue of, like, like my own little, like, uh, expedition. Like, it, was Jim Carrey ever funny? And, like, The Mask is still legit funny. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, for, I, I, for, me, for me. I can count on one hand the comedies he's been in that I've liked. So we're taking out Apartment Twenty Three, I think it's called, and a and Eternal Sunshine. Number Twenty Three or Number Twenty Three, sorry, and then Eternal Sunshine. Like so, we take those out because those aren't comedies, obviously. Well, um, would you count Truman Show as a comedy or as a drama? Uh, that probably it's falls. A it's a dramedy. Yeah, I was just gonna say that probably falls in that dramedy com category. So. For the purpose of our conversation, yes, I'll call it a comedy, but you're right. It's like a dramedy more than a straight-out comedy. So, And I actually right. forgot he was in that, so thank you. Um, but I like that. The Mask, Liar Liar, Bruce Almighty, and Yes Man. And that's it. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. I mean, and here's the thing. It's like this: the whole thing started when I did an episode of – I was doing uh, a bunch of Batman – movies uh for my Rico's rants um and i got to batman forever and he was like one of the contributing factors where i'm like wow this is just not good because he was not he was not the riddler he was jim carrey he was just and it was really upsetting because i'm like you know he kind of he didn't ruin the movie. I mean, Tommy Lee. I was more pissed off about Tommy Lee Jones because Tommy Lee Jones did nothing to the role of Two Face for me. Oh, like he okay. didn't even try. It was just you're gonna. It was hate just a carbon copy of Nicholson. But we can agree that Batman's broken into segments, right? So one segment would be the Keaton Schumacher, and then the Nolan, and then the uh, the Batfleck. Thing, right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah. the the no the not the no one, but the Keaton Schumacher or the Burton Schumacher series. There's only two in that four that I like, really like, and it's probably not the two that you think. And from what is it? Probably Batman Returns and probably Batman Forever. No, it's Batman and Batman Forever. Oh, is Batman Returns just too dark for you? It's not even that's too dark. I don't mind dark. I just didn't. It didn't flow well for me. I didn't like. I actually, you're talking about how you didn't like how Tommy Lee Jones did Two Face. I don't. I don't have a problem with Danny DeVito's depiction of the, the Penguin, but I don't think it was well written. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, I think he did an okay job with what was given to him, but I don't, I didn't like the way they took the character. Oh, made him like a fucking, like, like pervert? And it's not even that, but... Well, going going into it, it's, it, you also have to remember, it's Tim Burton. Like, if Tim Burton was going to do the Penguin, it would be how he did it. No, if, I... if it was going to be Schumacher doing the Penguin, it would oh, be God, more would traditional, like a bird... Like a Burgess Meredith, like. Wait, 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 but see, that's laugh. not that's not the like. All right, I I don't want to get into a whole Batman conversation, but have you played the Batman games, the Arkham games. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so Penguin as like an arms dealer slash smuggler, which is what he is in those games, is the way I like the Penguin. Yeah. Like that's the best depiction of the Penguin I, I, I've I ever agree. seen. You know what I mean? So I, I would have liked. I agree. I would have liked more of that kind of penguin. Like, all right, they went out of their way to make him look like a penguin. Do you know what I'm saying? That's was my issue with the Batman Returns one. They went out, like, with the web fingers and the egg-shaped body. Like, that, mm, I, I don't know. Michelle Pfeiffer was the best part of that movie, flat out. And it's not because she looks good in leather. She does, but that's not what it's about. <laughs> she played a really good Catwoman. Like, that was... You know, and, and there was a big transformation for her as, uh, on a mental issue. She went from, you know, like slightly unhinged to completely different. Yeah. You know, even her voice changed. Yeah. Where she was just like, you know, she developed this husky, like, I don't know about you, Miss Kitty, but I feel so much yummier. Yeah, like, I know. Like they, yeah, but they did a really good job. And I don't want to do a whole Batman thing, but I mean, I loved, and I'm one of the few, I think, but I loved Anne Hathaway's depiction of Catwoman in, Bat- in The Dark Knight Rises. That movie pisses me off, but she was good. I really liked her in that she, movie. She was good. Um, look, let's let's go back to... Yeah, yeah I'm just... Sorry. Um, but no, but go to finish my point, or where I was started going, like, I liked... Batman Forever. I didn't mind that version of the Riddler, and I thought Jim Carrey, for me, was one of the high parts of that movie. I mean, it, because I, I have to I have to rewatch my rant because I was very vocal about it. Um, I, I didn't I didn't say it was terrible. I just said it was not as good. But also, I have a soft spot for Batman Returns because I think that I don't know if I mentioned it on here, but I was like. I saw, like, Batman Returns, I think, before Batman. Of course, because so, you watch everything out of fucking order. <laughs> well, it wasn't like I did it out of choice. It was because no, I wasn't, I like, how old you were when you saw it in theaters. No, I didn't see it in so, theater. Like, I, saw, I saw it on VHS, but I was, like, nine. You weren't even born yet, so. No, I, it came out in 89, so, I, yeah, I was, I was negative fucking two, so. You were uh, cum when they I, made that movie. I'm. That's true. Um, You've never heard Kevin was, say that. Oh yeah, he said that to a little. He said that to twelve-year-old girl. Chick. Yeah, but it, I fell on the floor laughing when I heard him say. It. Go ahead. Anyway. So, but I mean, Jim, look. When I was a kid, Jim Carrey was fine, and then just looking back at, it, I'm like, wow, maybe I was wrong this whole time. So, um, but like for yes, yes, man, I think it, it got some funny. Parts, and I think the main thing is because it's got a good supporting cast. Like I remember watching yeah. it, being like, "This Bradley Cooper guy is really good." 
Right. Really good as a straight man for. Yeah, no, he was. And except for the fact that the one guy from the 70s show is now wrapped up in a sex scandal, you know, I can't remember his name, but. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Danny Vasserson? Yeah, that's it. Um, I know, I liked it. Let me tell you why I liked it. Well, go ahead. Do you watch The Ranch? No. But I know he, I know he was on it, but they took him off. You know, you would actually, if you, I think the ranch would just be the the filler for Roseanne because it talks about the same shit. Yeah, but see, I don't like it's, Ashton it's Kutcher. Good, yeah, but you don't really have to like Ashton Kutcher. I don't, I'm not, I don't like Ashton Kutcher either. But you don't watch it for him. You, it's not an amazing show. Yeah, I actually, I watch it for Sam Elliott personally. Yeah, true. Um, but he, he's really good at it. But. Yes, man was suggested to me because my life prior to meeting Debbie was basically that guy. Oh, you were a no man? Not even that, but like he stays home all the time. He just doesn't go out anywhere. Getting him out is like pulling teeth. Now, mine's not because of divorce. Mine's a whole plethora of other issues, but, you know... um, you know, and then I'll I'll throw some info out there. We both work in the banking industry. Now I'm not in loans like he was, but you know, but you can relate to it. Yeah, totally. So it was suggested to me, and I didn't watch it when it came out. I literally, like I said, I just watched it last week for the first time. Uh-huh. So, but you know, I watched it and I I I got it. I mean, it it has my problem with that movie is it has. It's really, really, really good, and then it hits a typical trope that pisses me off in a lot of comedies that are out there, and even some dramas. Guy and girl meet, guy does something stupid, girl gets pissed off, guy does everything he can to win her back, and does. Yeah. And and that trope just, it was cute the first dozen times I saw it, but now it's like... (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's in every yeah, it's, it's one cliche. of these. And, and it's so cliche to the point that, like, why is a guy always doing this stupid thing? Like, guys are dumb. I get it. We do stupid but women, shit. But women do stupid shit, too, for sure. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And it's never that. And I'm not saying women should be depicted, they're depicted badly, but I'm saying, like, or why does it have be to be something, or, or why does that have to be something stupid happening anyway? Why couldn't it just be that they kept going, going on? Like, why did there have to be that, you know, like, that's, I don't know. Be- be- because that, you have to have a, for every movie, there has to be an issue that they have to rectify. Otherwise, like, there's, there's a classic thing of, like, but why isn't the for that movie as an example? Why isn't the issue they're solving him getting over his self confidence issues? Why did it have to involve the girl getting pissed off because she thinks he's lying to her? Because it's lazy writing. Well, yeah, and that's that's it. I mean, but it's not just that movie. It happens all the fucking time, and it drives me nuts. You know, one of the things that I was like really kind of not okay with was the fact that Zooey Deschanel. Uh, looks significantly younger than Jim yeah, Carrey. Yeah, she does. It was a little, it was a little creepy. It where was just, like sort of lusting after this young woman. Yeah, I could see that, but that's yeah. I mean, they could have done better casting, but they never actually talk about their ages in this story. They could have been close in age, but you're right. From a visual perspective, it didn't sit well. I mean, if they had recast with like Elizabeth Banks, I think it would have been a better 
not so much chemistry, but like better age depiction. Well, and you know what? That's a great transition because she plays Rita Repulsa. Exactly. In and that's Power why Rangers. I brought it up. All right, good. Because I do want to get to some of these other movies, but I, well, let's go there. Do you want to uh, talk Rita, about you first? Elizabeth you Banks is, yeah, as, as Elizabeth Banks as, as Rita Repulsa in the fucking Power Rangers, uh, she was easily my favorite part. Now, I didn't see the Power Rangers movie, the new one, in theaters. I saw it when it was at work, like, two years later. I just watched it on Amazon this morning. Okay, so yeah, so you were a little later than me, but I was not much behind you, um, or ahead of you. Um, it was okay. I, I didn't, because I grew up with the Power Rangers, but like, I especially loved the movie, the first movie with like Ivan Ooze and shit. Um, that was my, like, I grew out of it, but I had like the Power Ranger action figures that like the, they had the heads that like spun around or something. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking so, about. So, so well, I had those, and I, I think my very first crush was fucking Amy Jo Johnson. The How was she not? She was smoking hot. Absolutely. I love how she and Hillary Swank are still confused for each other. There was, there was a great yeah. episode of uh, Dinner for Five. Oh, really? I love that show. Uh, it was with uh, Kevin, Ben Affleck, uh, Jennifer Garner, uh, no, Jen uh, wasn't on that. Josh, no, no yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin hosted it a couple times when Favreau was unavailable. Right, but I don't think Jennifer Garner was ever on it because I watched all of them. No, it was it was a, it was a uh, Daredevil episode. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. So it was so it was called it was called Feral. It was John Favreau. It was Ben Affleck. It was Kevin Smith, and it was. Uh, Jennifer, did I say them all? It's all five? I think so. Garner, Smith, Favreau, because Favreau was in it as well as it was it's his show, and uh, Farrell. And they're talking about how, like, they get mistaken for people. Like, Colin Farrell, I think, was like, he said he gets mistaken for Colin Firth, just based on the name. Right. And and Hillary, uh, I'm sorry, Hillary, uh, uh, Jennifer Garner said, oh, the biggest one for me is Amy Jo Johnson. And Ben Affleck has this great, like, who the fuck is Amy Jo Johnson? Uh, but, like, it's it's true. Like, but, like, I I despise, well, I don't despise. I, uh, yeah, I despise Jennifer Garner. Uh, but I always was attracted to uh, Amy Jo Johnson. She was my first crush because she was the Pink Ranger. Like, she was, like, my first crush as much as, like, Cameron Diaz in The Mask was my first crush. And now, like, years later, I'm like, I'm not really attracted to Cameron Diaz at all. But, like, Cameron Diaz in the mask, like, I think I was, like, four, and I somehow had an erection. <laughs> I'm trying to confirm um, the Kevin Smith ones. I'm sorry. I'm listening to you, but I'm trying to confirm this because I'm having trouble it, finding it's, the... It's the on YouTube, but I think the, the video itself is kind of corrupted or something, so, like, it pauses or something at one point, or the video feed is fucked up. But, yeah, no, it's I definitely an it. episode I found it. Yeah, and you're right. You watch that. You you'll you'll enjoy it. Um, I'm pretty so sure I have. There's another great episode with uh, him and JJ Abrams and Stan yeah. Lee and, and like, Jason Lee and Mark Hamill and, Jason and Mark Lee. Hamill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Affleck, um, Jennifer so, Garner, Colin Farrell, 
Kevin Smith. Favreau and Smith. You know what it is? I don't think I've watched this one, and I'll tell you why. I don't think... Hold on a second. I'm looking to see... Yeah, I don't think I've seen this one. Because Kevin's always talking about how he thinks Jennifer Garner doesn't like him. And you see that building up in this. Where, like, he makes fun of Ben Affleck. And and she gets all defensive. She gets super defensive. And she's like... And she even says, like, I'm gonna have to kick your ass if you keep talking about Ben this way. And he's like, What are you talking about? Like I and Ben just like in the middle being like you could tell they, they just started fucking, but like they had publicly announced it. Yeah. So, like but, there's a lot of heat between the two of them. So I wanna talk about the movie itself for a minute because I was watching this and First off, I got to say something. For a movie called Power Rangers, to not have the Power Rangers themselves appear to the last half hour is ballsy. That is really, really ballsy. And I mean that in a positive way. Like, that's that's a gutsy move. And yeah. and I have to tell you, I think it worked. It, it really worked. And But before you get into it, because to me, it was a combination of a couple movies. And I had it, and I've been trying to remember it all day, and now I cannot remember. But Chronicles, one of them. Yes, you bring me to it. I was going to say that. Yeah, it, it's like Chronicle... <sighs> Meets Iron Man. No, that's not what I was going to say, but that's not a bad example. I, I really, Damn it, I should have wrote it down, because I was really proud of the comparisons that I came up with. And that wasn't one of them. But it, it's like... Chronicle, a little bit of the, that that Fantastic Four reboot that they did. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. And uh, I can't remember the last one I was saying, but the point is, is it's it's a good movie. Like it's it's better than I was expecting it to be. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I, I actually I- found myself enjoying it. And I looked it up. They are going to make a second one because someone just bought the rights to the movie. And they say they want to make a second one with all the same people. So I'm hoping they're going to stay to it. By the way, to your point about Amy Jo Johnson, did you like the cameo? I like the cameo with her and uh, whoever the fuck the Green Ranger guy is. Yeah, I've met him once. He was at a Comic-Con I went to. I didn't get to talk to him, but I I could see him. (laughs) And... He carried yeah, himself like cool. a huge diva, which I was like, dude, you're the green fucking ranger. Like, no. Yeah, like, move on. Let, let it go, buddy. I also I also walked right past Rooker. Like, I was, I could have reached out and grabbed him. And I literally bumped into Lou Ferrigno. But I don't think he felt it, because I'm, <laughs> like, tiny and he's Lou Ferrigno. I don't think you heard you coming either. Yeah, probably not. I made that joke when it happened. You, you, but you, you could have snuck up on him easily, just like, like Hulk. Can I help you? Yeah, yeah. But no, the movie was good. Like it really played. Out. I didn't. I, I the, look. First off, like you said, we we both grew up with Power Rangers because I did too. Like I was I was obviously older than you, but I still grew up with the the Power Rangers. And yeah. 
Like, I lost them once they got past, like, the ninja level. They were the ninja razors or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I I, I think I stopped when they got all turbo and whatever. Well, see, for me, at that point, I was getting to be, like, 16, 17. So it was just, like, you know what I mean? Like, age-wise, I just kind of aged out of Power Rangers. Because at first, I... Let me tell you, I hated the Power Rangers when they first came out. I hated, 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 hated them. And you know why? Because I am a Voltron loyalist. And to me, it was a ripoff of Voltron. So I was mad. Well, see, I was a kid, so I didn't know anything of Voltron, or I didn't know anything of, like, the original Japanese version. I didn't know anything about any of it. All I saw saw was, like, Amy Jo Johnson. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Um, Amy Jo Johnson and giant robots fighting. That's all yeah, I saw. That, that's fair. Um, which, by the way, and we'll save it for another episode, but I watched that Ninja Batman anime. Yeah. Have you seen it? No. Um, weird. Very. I, I, that's probably that's probably where I'm not going to see it. No. If what? Well, let me just say this much, and if you want to deep dive it another time, we can. But do you like classic Japan animation, like classic old no. school? Then you'll hate it. Don't watch no. it. Um, that's why. That's why I'm not going to see it. Yeah, don't watch it. Like, then. This, like I could probably respect the idea that they went a different route for like it's Batman, but Japanese animation. It's really going to be interesting and bizarre and weird. I can appreciate that, but I'm still like pissed off they fucked up the Killing Joke. So like, I like the Killing you know, Joke. Oh God, no! I, I I mean, the first half of it is ridiculous. The second half of it is fine. Okay. I mean, well, if it wasn't Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy, it would just be a dumpster fire. Of a, of a all right. Well, let's not do that tonight. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a good movie, and the Power Rangers, and I liked it. And I'm actually looking forward to a sequel. I'm not going to go to a theater. There's no way in hell, unless I get a free ticket, that I'm going to the theater to see that movie. But I'll certainly watch it when it comes on Amazon or Netflix or HBO or whatever. Um, I I have the same opinion of you. I thought it was I thought it was more it was surprisingly better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I one of my one of my favorite parts of it was the was the black the black kid the kid who was like autistic. Yes. Yeah, I yeah I thought that was a really good good touch to it. That was really surprisingly like fresh, and yeah. I didn't know I wanted that because I was yeah. like, you know, when you see. People on, I mean, I'm not on the spectrum. I don't really, I, I know some people that are on the spectrum or are, do have autism. Um, mostly it's like when you see them depicted in film, it's like Rain Man. Yeah. Yeah. No, this, so, yeah, it was a fresh to, to, take. Yeah, it was, it was fresh and it was new and, and he was funny. That was the funny thing. It's like he was, and he's being funny, not for the fact that he is, you know, it's not, it's not like he's making super many jokes about being autistic. It's just like it's really it's it's funny in the sense of like like Drax on yes. Guardians of the Galaxy yes. is funny without being funny. Which is like I said before, my issue with Guardians Two, which I just recently rewatched, and I realized I was a little too harsh on that movie in our MCU episode. But yeah. Um, I'll so yeah, I, I I agree with you that it was surprisingly better than expected. 
I would see a sequel, but I won't see it in theaters. Um, yeah, neither would I. Um, and, and honestly, fucking uh, Elizabeth Banks fucking killed it. Like, yeah. I never thought uh, anyone could... Because she did a completely different take than whoever played it on the show with, like, the, the loud screaming and blah, blah, blah. Well, it, was, like, it was the same woman who did. They they casted everybody from the TV show. The only thing that was that was on the movie that was on the TV show was Ooze because he was brand new for that movie. But everything else was from the TV show, right? Um, no, they she did. Wasn't, they, she, wasn't, she wasn't in the reboot. The the original Reed Repulsa was not in the movie, was she? The what the first movie or this one? The the one who played in the movie and in the original movie and in the show. That in was the same. Reboot, that was the same actress. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm saying that actress from the show and the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie from like '93 was not in this reboot. Oh no, no, not at all. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. No, no. But I'm talking about like you were saying you had an issue with that that previous incarnation, and that's the same actress from the movie and the TV show. No. I didn't, I didn't have a I didn't have an issue with it. It was just it was re, uh, um, way over the top. Elizabeth Banks did a did, it was over the top, but it was also Elizabeth Banks did a completely different version of Rita Repulsa that I just didn't expect. Right, and she kind of played her like she rem, she reminds me of Kate Blanchett's Hella. Uh, Hella. No, I got a better comparison. I think I do. I okay. think she's more like Enchantress from the Suicide Squad. Yeah, but I hated Enchantress and Suicide Squad. Well, you didn't have to like it, but it's a. I think it's a more closer comparison. Well, I was talking more the costume, like the green. Even the costume, kind of I felt was well, closer to Enchantress. I, I, I made, I made to rewatch Suicide Squad because I watched it a couple times and I'm like, I'm done. Suicide Squad was good up until they hit the city. Like, when they're gathering everyone together, that's a great movie. And, if they, and then they go and fight the thing and it goes to shit. But up until the point, no, just up until they get to that fight. But because even, even the this I can't talk tonight. In the the scene in in the bar was good, you know. Up until that point, that's about where it falls apart. Suicide Squad was great. If would have been even better if they had taken out Enchantress altogether. Probably, I can't Honestly. argue with that. Honestly, yeah, no, I can't argue with that. Have the Joker be the main fucking villain and just you know. Drop that stupid fucking whole thing. That's why the Suicide Squad. Like, that's why the animated one's better. The, the animated Suicide Squad movie that came out a couple years yeah, ago, Assault on Arkham. Yeah, the the Assault on Arkham was great. See, that's a good Batman animated movie. There's a several but, of them. I have them all, and they're all they're all pretty good. But I'm just saying that one that you don't like isn't as as bad as you make it out to be. You want to you want to guess which one my favorite is? The animated movies. Ugh. <sighs> I'm trying to run. I have them, but they're not in visual sight from where I'm at. So I'm trying to run through them in my head. Um, see, the easy answer is the Dark Knight Returns, but I honestly don't think that's the best one in the bunch. Honestly, no. Um, my, I'll, I'll just tell you. Yeah, please. Under the Red Hood. Yeah, that one's good. I I liked. Um, Batman versus Robin was good. I like that one a lot. That was that, that, that was good. I like that. Um, um, I, I like the. Is that the one with the Court of Owls, or was that the yeah, other one? It was like I, son of that son of Batman. One of the I Batman versus Batman versus Robin is the one with the Court of Owls. <laughs> son of Batman's the one that sets that up. 
Yeah, uh, Babbitt, the one with the Court of Owls, I thought was really good too. It was really just surprisingly violent for, for what I was not expecting it to be as yeah. violent as it was. Well, there, except for the Killing Joke, which is R, and I think the Dark Knight ones are R. The rest are PG-13. No, no the Dark Knight Returns is, is not R. It should have been. And that's my point. Is that that's that's also another reason why I'm like dismissing of of Killing Joke is like it's radar, but like they didn't take advantage of it being radar. There yeah. was no f bombs. Like there was like one. I mean, is it, I mean, I would say that like the Arkham games with Mark Hamill was more adult and pushing the envelope than the Killing Joke. I could I can agree with that. Yeah. Um, you know they they but, ha- they they had a perfect advantage to go and as are and dark as much as possible, but they didn't, I, they were, they were, they were chicken. I even have the teen Titans one, but you know why I have that one. No. Kevin Smith. He does a podcast at the last like five minutes of the episode of the movie. Does, does he really? I didn't know that. Beast boy is okay, on so, beast boy makes an appearance on Smodcast. What was that? Uh, what was the final movie you said? What do you mean? You said, uh, it was Power Rangers, Yes oh, Man, no, so, yeah, d- d- so there was Yes Man, Power Rangers. There's two more, but one we're going to skip off. And then uh, Atomic Blonde. Oh, yeah. See, I watched it. I didn't like it. I thought the I thought the action sequences and Charlize Theron were, were really good. But the overall storyline and plot, I just could give less. Like... Like, I was trying to stay attentive to it, but I ended up just, like, looking at my phone half the time. Like, I was just, it was just boring until it was, like, action sequences. Okay, that, so that's my take on it. I think, I think this is where our age difference really shines through. Because, to me, that's, that movie is a love letter to the 80s. And as someone who lived through the 80s, you know, it's. I remember when that wall came down. I was alive when that wall came down, and I'm not saying that as a shot at you, but I'm just saying I can no, remember how important that was. Like the world stopped for like three yeah. days to watch that happen. You know what I mean? Like I, I can't tell you I, I would remember it as well as some of significant things that'll go on. You know, from this point forward, or some things that have happened, like. Like, for example, and I, I don't know if the significance levels are even as high, but um, the fact that when we elected our first African-American president, like, that's a significant moment in history. I'll remember that clearer than I remember the wall coming down, but or the or, or more importantly, what led up to the wall coming down. But we had, by coincidence, I, so I went to, uh, do you guys have French schools out there, Quaker schools? Do we have what schools? Friends schools. So, like, for example... I don't know what that is. Okay, so, for example, just using your town, it would be Oakland Friends School. Um, And basically, do you know what a Quaker is? I'm not even being ignorant. I'm just asking. Yeah, yeah, like a a, a fucking uh, Amish kind of Quaker? No, not quite Amish, because Amish have that thing with no no, um, technology or whatever. But it is... Yeah, but that's, that's what you're alluding to, yeah. Yeah, they're they're pacifists by by nature and things yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. So out here, and maybe it's just because I'm on the East Coast. There's a high concentration of so you know what a Catholic school is. I'm sure you have Catholic schools out. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. 
For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. <laughs> the moment you realized you were mistaking your kids for co-workers? Okay, team, I'm uh, taking my 15 now. Taking 15 what? Was the moment you knew it was time to get back to work. Let's job it up. At CareerBuilder, our simple, customizable search tool lets you search for part-time, full-time, and even work-from-home jobs so you can find a job that fits your lifestyle. Get started now at CareerBuilder.com. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, so the, the Quakers have their own versions of schools, too. They call them friends schools instead of Quaker schools. But it is one and the same. So, and they're generally named after the town they're in. So, again, like for you, like Oakland Friends School would be the name of the school, probably. Um, I mean, it's possible, but I don't think we do. Okay. But they're private schools, and I went to one for eight years. Now, I'm not a Quaker, but it's like Catholic school. You don't have to practice the religion to, to go to the school. Okay. So, I went there for, was it eight years? No, five years. Sorry. Um, and... While I was there, it was when the wall came down. So we actually had some German exchange students in our school at the time the wall came down. Wow. So, yeah, so we actually had, I don't want to call it a front row seat. That's not the word I'm looking for. But, like, we had first-person experiences that we, people we could talk to that knew what it was. Now, they were all from West Germany because East Germany wasn't doing shit like that back then. You know, but we were able to talk to them and, and get feedback as we're watching the wall come down. And some of them uh -huh. were in tears. That I remember, just them sitting there watching with us on TV crying and and tears of joy, you know. So it, it took me to a place of... Remembering a lot of things and not sadness, like, but just I, I, and then the music in it for me, because I know we're, we're, um, very separate on our musical tastes, but like a lot of the songs in there right. I love. I mean, we're far apart musically. Uh, and so, so a lot of those 80s, early 90s songs that they played, because it takes place in like 89. James McAvoy, I've always been a big fan of, so it was awesome seeing him, um, there's not much that he's in that I won't watch at least once because I'm such a fan sure. of his. Um, like even sure. Split. Like I'm not a big M. Night fan, and that's not a shot at him, but I, I watch Split because it's James McAvoy. Oh, yeah. I, I, I loved Split when it came out. I did but too. Also, I like it. Heard, well, I had heard rumors it was a sequel to Unbreakable, and Unbreakable is my favorite M. Night film. Well, I don't like M. Night that much either. It, it, it is in a sort of way, and they are, he's filming right now, like, a true, although he's calling it the third one now, but he's yeah, filming it. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's like two separate chapters leading up to a final concluding chapter, chapter with both characters. Right, so I'm I'm excited. It's called, to it's called Glass. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I won't go to the theater to see it, but I'll certainly watch it when it becomes available to me to watch. Um, sure. But yeah, no, that... The so those are the movies and I liked them. I liked the Atomic Blonde. I I'm actually considering buying it. That's how much I liked it. But 
I can understand why you wouldn't have liked it. Although, so we were talking music music differences. I did. I was watching a movie that we're going to talk about on another episode because it's one of those ones that's part of a series, and I'd rather talk about the series than just the individual movie. Um, uh-huh. But I was watching Ocean's Thirteen, and uh-huh. I did remember there's a Sinatra song I liked. I, you know what? Like I, I give you a lot of shit. The, I, he has good music. I just like giving you a hard time. Honestly. No, I know. Um, but this you town, the song, this town. Yeah, I fucking love that song. It's a great song, and and I mean, I, whether it was intended to be like a Vegas song for the movie, you can't help but think this is this song is all about Las Vegas. Oh yeah, it, it, he could have been singing about New York when he wrote the damn thing, but it fits that. It fits it perfectly. Oh yeah, it's it's so catchy because it's like he's he did other songs like like about like New York or New, like New York New York or my kind of town about Chicago or yeah. even Chicago and like it's all praising the, the city and he's like this town is a lonely town and you're like oh shit this is the yeah. anti this is the anti song about this town he's like. Not the only town. You know, it, like it, this town. It is, but it's not at the same time. It's really weird. I get your point. I'm not saying you're wrong, but there's a, there's this, within that, there's a positivity with it. Does that make sense? Well, I think he's saying like with every town, there's some highs and lows, but it is. Oh, but this Vegas. Town. <laughs> Vegas like, has its highs and lows. If there's any town in the country that has highs and lows more than anybody, it's Vegas. I mean, it's a make-you town and a break-you town. Exactly. So, yeah. But, uh, no, that uh, song... Uh, as we get ready to um, end this this episode, I want to tell you about this fucking... Like, we, we as per usual, we're probably going to always segue back to, like, Star Wars or Marvel or something. But, well, like... Okay, before you go there, there's one thing, one piece of other movie news that I wanted to talk about before we get into oh, okay. closing. Well, go ahead. Um, go ahead. Because, and you had mentioned this before, but I think it's been confirmed since you talked about it on a previous episode. Jamie Foxx is playing Spawn. Yeah, God! <laughs> now, I've, I've been doing some thinking about this since you and I talked about it briefly. And since they yeah. made the announcement. And I'm hearing a couple of things that are giving me some hope that this could be okay. They have guaranteed this is going to be a hard R movie. Okay. So, there's that. Was the and, other one okay? What's that? Was the, I, I don't remember, was the original movie, not the, not the HBO one, but the original movie with uh, uh, Michael J. White, was that Radar or was that PG-13? Well, the HBO thing was a series, just to clarify for people who are listening, but um, I'm right. looking that up right now. I think it was PG-13, though. Um, I think it was R. Uh, you're right, uh, it I, is. But it may not have been R. I don't know. I don't know if it was a hard R. It was sort of a R. soft R. It was soft R. Yeah, this one they're guaranteeing is a hard R movie. Good. And then I'm thinking about his role in, I think it's Collateral with Tom Cruise. Yeah. Now, now, he was good at that. Right. So, 
and and while it's not an action movie, and you can argue with me whether that's a good movie or not, any given Sunday he did a really good job in too. And uh, so yeah, I'm thinking if he takes it seriously and they're treating if they treat this like the Crow, it could be a really good movie. Did you hear about the Crow remake, by the way? I heard thing like little things here and there, but I don't know. I, I mean, I heard that they were considering it. If is that locked in? They were they they were gonna make it with Jason Momoa. They need to stop making Crow For, movies because every time they make a Crow movie, the actor dies. No, not every time. I think the first the first two did, didn't they? No, just the first one. It was Brandon Lee, but. I mean, Edward Furlong is still with us, and he was in the Crow, like, whatever the fuck, Crow 7 or whatever the fuck it was. All right. But Jason Momoa, like, was, like, signed up and everything, and then he they just announced, like, yesterday or the day before that it's canceled. Like, he's out, and now the director's out, too. Yep, I'm, I'm seeing that right now. He's actually still on IMDb. They're still using his picture as the... Promo. The, um, yeah. Um, now, so... here's, the, here's the interesting part. There's a release date for this movie. Now, I don't know if that's going to change, but it's still listed on IMDb. Well, IMDb may, maybe not have caught up yet. Well, because right, this well, just it, happened. But it has the article that it, that are both off. That's on here. So they're, They may try and like recast it, or they may just scrap it. I mean, yeah, it, I it's, always, it's been in development hell for a while. Yeah, I, it's one I just think they need to let rest. You know the the first one's good. I, I believe it or not, I didn't see that for the first time until like late last year. So I was a late bloomer on it, but it wasn't. It was probably like the past eight years or so. I, I liked it. I it's on my late teens. I think what drew me in, besides the fact that Deb wanted me to watch it, is and I can't remember his name, but the black guy who's also in Hackers. Oh, um, the guy from I mean, Ghostbusters. Um, no. No, 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 no. Ernie Hudson? Yeah. No, he's not in he's not in Hackers. No, but he's in he's in uh, Crow. No, but the guy I'm talking about is in Hackers and in the Crow. Oh. It's he plays Lord Nikon in Hackers. I don't I never saw Hackers. Oh, you've got All right, dude, that look. That's your that is your um, that's my homework. That's your homework. You have to watch Hackers. It's 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 um Angelina Jolie's first movie, so okay. she's in it. Johnny Lee Miller's in it. Okay. Um, Matthew Lillard's in it. Um. Oh, I'm definitely gonna see it now. Oh, stop it. Um, did you ever <laughs> see Con Air? Yes. You know the the inmate who's like I guess he's gay but he's not I don't know they never really kind of say but no I don't remember yeah it's anyway he's in it it's look it's not a great movie but it it's fun you know what I mean it's one of those movies and the last person who's in it that I'll mention did you ever see Short Circuit no what the fuck is wrong with you uh, okay now you have two homework assignments. Actually, three, because you got to watch both Short Circuits and Hackers. Well, I also, I, I wanted to tell you, I tried I tried looking up that Michael Keaton movie that you were talking about, where they were, like, uh, from, like, a mental institute or whatever, oh, and yeah. we don't have it at work, but I rented, like, three other Michael Keaton movies to make up for it. <laughs> so I saw, I saw two Michael Keaton movies recently. Which ones? 
Uh, oh, uh, the uh, Pacific Heights was one of them. Didn't see it. It's set in San Francisco, and it's he. Uh, of course, there's this you couple... watch a San Francisco movie. Well, I didn't know it was a San Francisco movie, so <laughs> I picked it up. Uh, believe it or not, I'm not a fan of San Francisco. No, I believe it. I've heard that there's like that uh, San Francisco Oakland rivalry thing. It's not. It's it's not even so much as that. It's not like deep cuts like you and like South Jersey and North Jersey and shit like that. It's not like that. It's just. To me, San Francisco is such an inconvenience to like drive to because there's never any parking, there's always traffic, and like if why I mean I had a one of my brothers lived in San Francisco for a while, and like I think I maybe visited him like twice when he lived out there. It was okay. just such a it's such a pain in the ass to get to, and like there's you know like if I were to go anywhere, it'd be like North Beach, which is like Little Italy here for San Francisco. All right, fair and enough. I'm like, why the why the fuck would I want to even go there? If I want Italian food, I'll just go upstairs. <laughs> what was the other movie? Um, I don't remember what the title was, but he it was a it was a movie he directed, and he plays like a hitman, and he like gets after he like snipes one from on top of a building in in their window. Uh, a woman played by Kelly McDonald. You know, the uh, Scottish actress? Not off the top of my head, but... Do you know Kelly McDonald? Uh, she was in... Um, she's the underage woman in Trade Spotting. God, it's been so long the since I've The one here in McGregor Fox? Yeah, I don't... I saw it, but I don't remember a lot of it. Okay, well, she's, well, anyway, she's yeah. that. She's, like, just moved to the city uh, to, like, hide from her abusive husband or some shit. Played by uh, Bobby Cannavale. Okay. The Married Gentleman? The cop That's the only one it says he's di- directed. It might be that. It's gotta be. If, if that's the only one he's directed, then it's gotta be that. A woman leaves an abusive relationship to begin a new life in a new city where yes, she forms an... Un- yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's... Suicidal hitman. So, I saw that... So, he's a hitman, and he shoots a target, and he's, go- he's like, standing on the roof, and it's, like, snowing, and he's just sort of, like, you know, just sort of relaxing... She comes out of the building, sees him up top, thinks he's going to jump, and, like, says, no! And then, he, he like, he falls backwards on the roof, not off the roof. And then they find the murderer, and they, so they, the cops, like, think that she was the witness to the hitman. And then, through circumstances, they, Michael Keaton and Kelly McDonald, become friendly and sort of semi-romantic to each other. Mm. And then, like, it's, it's all about, like, you know, is she going to find out that he is a hitman and and blah, blah, blah. And it, it was an interesting story. It's very kind of low-key. Very much like just like it was It was like a Broadway play kind of scenario, but filmed. Yeah. Because it's just a very simple story. And he was good at it. Um, I have the other one uh, that I haven't seen, uh, Johnny Dangerously, where it's like oh. one of his earlier films. Where yeah, yeah. He plays like a, a spy or something. I don't want to get a whole thing on him, but there's one movie he's in that I lo- I really enjoy. It creeps me out, but I love it. It's White Noise. Oh, I've seen that. That's good. That's a good movie, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. so you had a theory of... Speaking of Michael Keaton, since you played um, the... Vulture. Oh, fuck. Vulture. What's your MCU theory you didn't... You want to tell me about? Someone... I had a customer, and we were talking about Avengers of Fiddler. Uh, spoilers, again, people. Spoilers. Uh, again, spoilers if you guys... I haven't seen it anywhere yet. Uh, this is a spoiler, uh, but only a spoiler for the 
Well, yeah, yeah, it's a spoiler. So if you haven't seen it, you might want to like skip this as well. Um, going back to that, this customer who is an older woman, um, you know, in her late fifties or well, no, she's like in her mid sixties. Um, okay. She was. She is a. She falls in that rare like woman geek, and she was like, I was into comics and Star Wars when like it was not okay for me to be into it. Right. Like right, I right. had to do that shit in secret. Like she's like, if I when the first cons were coming around and people were allowed to start dressing up, like I dressed up to cover my face so it didn't reveal that I was a woman. Okay. And she's like, she had told me like she had been like. Like what when she tried going out to cons and being like public, like, Oh, I love Spider Man, I love Star Wars, guys would be very aggressive. Be like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like actually like push her up against the wall and be like, You don't belong here. Like real aggressive shit. That's... I'm just like, Oh god, the fuck Yeah. Yeah, That's like stupid. So but now it's now it's normal and she and our she and I are talking about I've known her for years because she's a customer. And we're talking about the and we talk about who might come back. And I said uh, well, I think whoever Thanos killed before he snapped his fingers uh, is dead. I think Loki's dead. And, I, and she said, are you sure Loki's dead? And I said, well, I mean, yeah, he could do the whole thing where he, like, you know, it's it's another, you know, figment. It's another fi- decoy of his or whatever. She's like, well, I think he's in Bruce Banner's mind. And I said, what? She's like, think about it. The opening scene where Thanos is like, destroyed the Asgardians, Hulk doesn't appear until later. So that means Hulk is hiding, which is something Hulk would not do. Or Bruce Banner was unconscious during the struggle, woke up, and then turned to the Hulk. And they timed it where it's like, we have a Hulk. And who says that is Loki. And Loki would be the last person to ever unleash the Hulk because he has a deep fear of the Hulk because the Hulk is the first one to actually like lift him up and knock him the fuck around the ground like a ragdoll. And it even shows up again in Thor Ragnarok where like the Hulk comes to the Gladiator Arena and you see Loki kind of like, oh no. Um, her theory was is that Loki has implemented himself into Bruce Banner's mind or the Hulk's mind and is now a part of Hulk. So his physical body is killed by Thanos, but he still has remnants of himself in the Hulk or Bruce Banner, which would also explain why Bruce Banner and the Hulk are, are conflicting with each other. That like Hulk is not wanting to come out. Like when we saw that, we attributed the fact that Hulk was just so fucking scared of Thanos um, because Thanos knocked him the fuck out, which we had never seen. So, but then her other uh, addition to that was, uh, I just had a point to it, but uh, the fact that um, Bruce Banner, when he is shot, when he's set. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow. Ow. Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 
we travel to see what's around the bend and what we're capable of. And now Capital One's new class of travel card can keep up with you. Introducing Venture X from Capital One. With 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy. Venture X, for those always asking, where next? Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Back to New York, and he sees uh, Tony Stark and Doctor Strange and, and um, Wong. He knows more about Thanos than he originally should. Because he wouldn't have had a whole lot of time to find out who Thanos was. Being like, and all about the Infinity Stones. But you know who would? Would be Loki. Loki yeah. knows all about Thanos. Loki knows all about the Infinity Stones. So there's a strong possibility that this theory is pretty fucking sound. So does that mean we get Loki back? Possibly. But it also might explain why we never got to see the Hulk again. Because Loki is just like, is, is it's not it's not Hulk and Banner arguing? It's Hulk, Banner, and Loki arguing. Well, that's a and that's, that's why it's a it's that's a, why he has a hard time unleashing the Hulk. That could be. It's, it's a good theory. I'd be curious to see if they do it. I'd be curious. Well, you know, Rico, I'm looking at the the uh, cast listing here, and there are some conspicuous absences from this cast list. But there's okay. the interesting thing is there's some conspicuous people listed that shouldn't okay. be. So I'm not going to go through every single person, but the people we expect to be there are there, the ones that survived the snap. Black Panther's listed, though. So Chadwick Boseman is listed as a credit on this movie for the next one. Um, Bucky's listed on this one. Drax is yeah. listed on this one. Uh, Here's an interesting thing now. Groot's listed, but guess what? It ain't Vin Diesel. Who is it? Terry Notary? Notary? I don't know how you say his last name. Maybe he's maybe he's adopting the voice or something. Maybe I he guess. More like he's a, been in... He's, he's been miscellaneous people in... A lot of movies, and apparently he was the voice for Kong in Kong Skull Island. Oh, okay. But he's... I'm trying to see if there's anything you... I mean, you've probably seen a lot more of these than I have. He, but like, like, he's been in the Hobbit movies, but he was a goblin. Like, he wasn't anyone in, of importance. In Avatar, right, he was, he's probably... He was Banshee in Avatar, the um, James Cameron movie, if that means anything. Okay. No, not really. Well, anyway, he's playing Teen Groot, as it's listed here. Um, okay. So those are all the main players that are listed. So conspicuous by their absences, Loki, to your theory, is not there. Tom Holland. Well, they could also not, just not. Right. Tom Holland's not on it? Not on here. Nope. Not, that's, but see, here's the thing, and Marvel's been really good about this kind of shit. Maybe they're still going to yeah. be in the movie, and they're just not listed here. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not ruling I'm, anything I'm, out, but he's not here. They're not going to release it. They're not going to release the full cast until the movie is released. That's when they actually, because I dated someone who was in the industry. Like okay. we talked about that, where like I found out there were people going to be in movies, and it wasn't listed. Because she said, well, we don't have to release the full uh, cast list or the whole 
the whole sheet of who was in it, including um, I just I just find it interesting it's, that Black Panther and um, Winter Soldier Bucky Barnes are listed, you know? Well, because we could probably well because I think they uh, they confirmed they were going to be in it way back if for the third one. Well, okay. I mean, I guess that's possible, but because we knew because we, I had heard that Cap was going to be in the fourth one before right. the third one had come out. Right, but he didn't get but, snapped, so that makes no. Sense. But he didn't, he didn't get snapped, but it was still a possibility. Yeah, I so guess. Yeah, all these people that all these people, all these people that are coming back just kind of goes to the theory that it's gonna they're gonna come back with like there's gonna be a scene in the soul realm or something. Yeah, that may be. I I don't know if we talked about it on either episode. I don't think we did, but because we weren't sure. I remember at one point we weren't sure where Ant Man and the Wasp falls into the chronology of all this, and it turns out it's right it's right smack dab. Between um, Civil War and Infinity War. Uh, well, Civil War and Infinity War has is a big gap. Like it's not, a couple not that years. much of a no, 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 no. Well, not really. I guess maybe more yeah. between Civil War and Black Panther then, because it's 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 pre Infinity War. The whole movie is pre Infinity War, so there's no chance okay, they get so- caught up in the snap. That's my point. Well, it's pre-Infinity War, but, like, uh, Tony says to Bruce in Infinity War, like, dude, we haven't seen each other for, like, a couple of years. And he even says, like, I've been out in space for, like, two years or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's Ragnarok. So Ragnarok and I think Civil War are happening almost at the same time. I think they're concurrent to each other in the timeline. Could, could be. That's the thing with the Marvel Universe. It's hard, you can it's have hard. A- yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to keep track. By the way, I don't know what's um, happening. But yeah, we that was all this. But every once in a while, I get a grid that shows up on the screen. There's literally like a like a look. You ever see? You ever use graphing paper? Yeah. There's looks like graphing paper on the screen, and you're like behind this grid. It's really kind of funny looking. Anyway, I uh, so yeah, that was her, her theory, and I'm like, wow. Now that I say it out loud, it actually makes tremendous sense. Would you go with the whole uh, cast not being included thing? I saw Solo. You want to talk about movies that, like, I like you saw? I saw Solo. Yeah, I'm I know not going to spoil anything. Okay. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I am going to say, like, there was, like, before the movie came out, uh, there, they, they had not cast, they not made the, the casting public for a certain character. And then after I saw it and the movie was released, now it's, it's it's on there, so don't spoil it for yourself. Don't look up the cast for Solo. Okay. okay. But there is like a fucking crazy cameo that you would oh, never wow, really? expect. Okay, cool. Off the- oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's like, on my list of stuff to see. It's not that I don't want to see it, Rico. It's just like there's never enough time to do everything. Now I'm not saying go see it in theaters for the sake of going to see it in theaters. I'm saying go see it soon so we can talk about it. No, I I get it, man. But there's also DP2 I want to see, and there's Life. And yeah, all that. D- DP2 is good. There's also a really good bonus scene for DP2. Well, there's always a good bonus scene for those. But but this one makes it is is like so much better than the first one. And I, without telling you what it is, I predicted it before with... 
Yeah, Steph and I were having dinner at my friend's restaurant. We were all going to go see it as soon as he got off work. And so we're all sort of sitting there, and like, Steph and I are theorizing about it. And I give her my theory, theories of what is going to happen. And I had I had done no research. I hadn't looked it up because I don't want I don't want to spoil the the, the movie for myself. Right. Um. And I and I said like I, I went like f- completely far left. I'm thinking if this is Deadpool. It's gonna be fucking like really out there and totally break the fourth wall. And I told her my theory, and she's like, you know what? Maybe I don't know if they're gonna do that, but maybe. And then when it happened on screen, she grabbed me. She's like, oh my. Fuck! How'd you do that? <laughs> no, you're talking about the this Steph, is a, by the way. Yeah, am I, am I talking about what? No, no, you're talking about like a bonus credit scene, kind of like what they did with the Ferris Bueller thing in the first one. Yeah. Okay. Like, I never, I never would have predicted the Ferris Bueller one, but I also was not expecting like, you know, for the first Deadpool, you sort of take it off guard. Now you see the first one, you kind of are like, okay, now what could they do? Right, um, which remind, tell me what you're going to say about Steph, but remind me to tell you about a Ryan Reynolds tweet I saw right before we started recording. Um, the Steph, I've never seen her have so much fun at a movie, like, as much as what she did with uh, Deadpool 2. Because, like, when we went and saw Infinity War, she was, you know, she was just kind of like, meh. It's good. Uh, it's not my favorite, but it's okay. She, but uh, like, say with Black Panther, and say with like, we saw yeah, Star Wars last year. I was gonna say it's good to hear she enjoyed a movie finally. Like the only time she had had something like similar was when we went and saw The Princess Bride. They did a re-showing of The Princess Bride. Okay. And Princess Bride is one of her all-time favorite movies. So she's like, talk like we're all kind of like yelling out the fucking lines. Sure. You know, sort of like, like a theater group thing, like interactive kind of thing. Sure. She, she like she was talking through the whole film for Deadpool two because what Steph does, and this is not a slight to her, and I love her for this. It actually is really kind of like one of her little quirks that I love. She, if she finds something funny, she will repeat it. So frequently, because I'm always making her laugh, or I'm always trying to make her laugh. If I get her to that point where like she's laughing so hard and she repeats what I just said, like she repeats the punchline, you know, that you means I know line. I I know I got her. Yeah. So she is throughout the whole film with DB2 just saying the same jokes and slapping her knee and laughing hysterically. And my 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 friend that we were with, I mean, and my friend loves Stephanie and he accepts her. He was mildly annoyed. He's like. Ah, she's talking the whole fucking thing. Yeah, and I explained it to him. I explained it to her him later. I'm like, this is just what she does, when she is really genuinely happy and in a good mood. So, the fact that I got to see that was really good. And I and he he said, okay, now I get it. It's just you know that's a big no no for me and him personally when people are talking throughout the film. Uh, but like talking made like now who's this guy or like oh my god let's talk about this and that's what pisses me off yeah but if you're repeating the joke and laughing then you at least are like you're in the movie just laughing a little too aggressively my because uh, i'm kind of with you i hate when people talk through the movie but like I, i'll find myself if it's like an oh shit moment i'm finding myself saying oh shit out loud but i mean that's the extent of my talking you know things like that yeah i i made the mistake of doing that uh with what I saw Last Jedi, because when that kamikaze lightspeed scene happened, that no, when first when Snoke is like, like cut in half, yeah, 
Like I, I wasn't, I was not remembering that. Like, there's a bunch of kids and well, like young kids, like yeah. in the theater. So when that happened, I just went, "Holy fuck!" And then yeah, I, well. I look and I see like parents, like from the front row, looking back at me, like, "Shut up, the kids here! How dare yeah. you?" Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't get that loud about it, but yeah, like I'll just, but I'll be sitting in my seat, going, "Oh shit." Like I just said, you say, like if you were sitting next to me, you would hear me. But I don't know if you know four rows down would have heard me. Um, yeah. But yeah. By the way, I rewatched the Last Jedi last, last two nights ago. I did, and I I know you're not a fan, but it still holds up for me. I like it. Well, all the power to you, man. I wish I, I wish I could look at it without being so overly critical. That I I wish that I could just look at it as a movie. But I think it's, it's, I, you know, if you took, even if it was just like they changed their perception of Luke, yeah. which is my biggest problem with it, um, it's still clunky. Like it's I, more clunky than any of the other ones I've seen. I, you know what? I was watching. It feels it, like two movies meshed together. I, I could see that, but I was watching it again and it's the first time I've watched it since we did our episode. So I was watching it like I was talking to you about how Steph kind of changed my perspective on Black Panther, which, Steph, if you're listening, it wasn't to the point of destruction because I've had to have that conversation with her since she's apologized more times than I can count for that. Um, She's she's good at that. She is, and, and that's one of the things that seems to make her such an awesome person. Not that she apologizes, but that she's that caring um anyway she cares yeah yeah um but same thing with star wars so i tried to start looking at it from not your perspective but taking your points and right and watching it from that that vision and uh yeah so you were talking on the the star wars episode about you didn't like that the force was like a battery right and I still don't get that from what I saw. And I really tried to look at it that way. What I think happened was he just... It was like Odin. He just faded off. Like, I don't think it was he ran out of force energy. I think he just died. Like, I think I think he, he shut himself off from it, but I don't think you run out of force energy. I don't think that's what happened. Well, that's what it was... That To me, that's where the confusion was, because why did he die? Because he just... I mean, my whole thing is, like, like we talked about, like, say Luke has to die. Like, no matter what, he's going to die in Last Jedi. Why couldn't he have just died there with fighting Kylo? Couldn't it have just been, like, but he Kylo did. bested him in lightsaber well, action or something? So they, they, put a, they put a different twist on... It's a twist on the Darth Vader-Obi-Wan fight from A New Hope. It really is. That's how I'm looking at it. It's not the same fight exactly, but it's a twist on it. It's a different version of it. I have... Look, I, you, you're much hypercritical of this series than I ever will be. But and I, and I really... Like I said, I really try to look at it from your perspective and, and your point of view. And I, I, I see how you got to your conclusions... But I still have to disagree with them. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not even because I'm looking at it from a high level. Like, I really tried to deep dive look at it when I watched it again. 
And I'm still not seeing it from the same level. And we don't have to, and that's what's great about this show. But I'm just telling you, like, I, I really did look at it again from your your angle. Right. So, um, that's not me saying you're wrong. I don't want it to come across that way to our listeners, but I just, I don't no, see I know it the same right. way. I know I'm right. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So, let's start wrapping this thing up. I think um, we uh, we've done a lot. And we've covered a lot, and it, we started heavy, we're ending light, so, you know, there you go. <laughs> but um, I want to thank everybody yeah, that, for listening. That was, that was an interesting one. Yeah, so thank you guys for listening. We will be back. Um, who knows what we're going to talk about, but hey, <laughs> we always find something. So we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. CJ here with a few thank yous and to let you know how you can get in touch with and follow the show and us. You can listen to the show on the network Podcast Agogo at www.podcastagogo.com. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and the search engine Listen Notes at www.listennotes.com. Go there and type in pod askew, all one word, and you can stream us right there. Finally, at Podcast Garden at www.podcastgarden.com slash podcast slash pod askew. Podcast Garden is the ideal place for you, all of your podcast hosting needs at a very affordable price. Go to iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music to subscribe to the show, rate, and comment on the show. Ratings help us get to the top of the list, and we'd love to be there. Thank you to Dubbed in English for our opening theme music, 96 Reasons. They're no longer online, but you can contact me for a copy of the full song or the entire Plan 9 EP. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for our closing music, Theme is Skew. You can find his music on SoundCloud at www.soundcloud.com slash Samuel-Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you, everyone, for listening. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another exciting episode soon. Hey, Rico. You are now about to witness the strength of Bob Saget. Tax season's here, folks, and you know. Hi there. Whoa, where'd you come from? April here to tell you about the tax filing software from Tax Act. Uh, seriously, were you like hiding behind my desk? Seriously, Tax Act makes it easy to get your maximum refund. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Switch to Tax Act today, and you can start for free. Or as we say at Radio Land, subtle. Tax Act. Tax Act. File for less and get more. See taxact.com for details.